to the Caffeine Crew Cast of Pods, episode number 47, our Mythology and Legends episode. Uh, joining me tonight is Kat. Hi. Ben. 1988's Young Einstein is very underrated. Jess. <laughs> Greetings. Bill. I wouldn't myth this one for the world. <laughs> so I'm going to side to what he said, and then Young Einstein is very much not overrated. It's a very bad movie. There's a reason why his second follow-up film, Reckless Kelly, ended his career. He only did three movies. Yeah. Young Einstein was the first one, and yeah, that was pretty much the only one. Good old Yahoo serious. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but because I did mention this is our uh, podcast about mythology and legend and fear, the best way to start tonight off is this. So would everybody here rather be the god or goddess of love or war? Uh, I'm going to start with Bill. I was the god of war. Because then I could make great dad jokes. Like Kratos. <laughs> <laughs> and then ring my bundle whenever I do. Is that the official sound of the start of war when people hear puns? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> could, you, could you imagine how many wars I could start just by bad puns all over the place? So that's oh, kind wow. of essentially like what you what you do is your herald when a war is about to begin. You send somebody into the town hall, like town hall, and they're your crier, and all they do is talk puns for twenty minutes, and everybody knows board your windows, board your doors. Mm-hmm. Things are about to get messy. So. Yeah. And then if there is no war, they'd just be bored. No. Okay. <laughs> Starting right. It's gonna be like that. It's gonna be like that. Cat. Like you need to ask. <laughs> I'd be god of war. I mean, I pick fights all the time. Rob knows. I'm constantly. If I'm bored, I'm like, Rob, fight with me. Fight with me, Rob. Fight with me. And he's like, I don't want to fight with you. And I'm like, Rob, fight with me some more. <laughs> and then it ends up turning into a fight. So it's perfect. It doesn't end up being a and fight. Then, I usually just... No, Rob oh. just kind of like ignores me. <laughs> but yeah, definitely God of War. Plus, if you look at like a lot of the old myths, I think Ares had a lot more fun. Like say Greek mythology, for example. Like Aphrodite... I mean, she had fun, but there was a lot of, like, messy stuff with her. Whereas, like, Ares, it was pretty clean cut. He just fought shit. Sorry, my brain just went the fact that it's the goddess of love and there's a lot of messy things around. (laughs) Thanks, Uh, Rob. Sorry, I couldn't help. Yes. (laughs) Goddess of love. I don't really have a great reason. Make love, not war. That's all I got. (laughs) Ben. God of war, because I'd much rather die in battle than from an STD. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> no, but I mean, even if you look at like Kratos from God of War, he still had a family, he still had kids, so it's you know, I you he can just still... killed the first one exactly. That's all. So I mean, you you can eventually find both, even as the God of War. So I would still pick God of War. Um, I'll go God of Love. Um, Thank I'm you. I'm glad I'm not in the absolute You're not, you're not by yourself. And that's a good reason why is uh, I just I normally play mediator a lot, so it's just a it's just a normal thing. For me, I think... Rob hates war, as he's displayed many times. Conflict. Conflict is... I think if we're talking messy, war is also very messy. But it's with blood! Yay! I mean, love can have have blood if you want to. But it depends (laughs) on if that's your thing or not. So, you know. That's your kinker. This really got off to a a, a rousing start. I thought... (laughs) And away goes the pun has been removed. (laughs) He was setting up his own pun. Go ahead. I thought it was going to be rather low-key. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> We're not even five minutes in. And that was number three. Yeah. Oh, I'm so proud. 
you gotta right. have a pun episode Welcome every to the once Captain in a while. Cast of puns, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. All right, so I guess the best way to start this off is the first mythologies and legends that we were introduced to that we can remember. It's a good place to start. Normally, the same way when we do a lot of these, you know, since we started this single topic, the very front half of this is going to be a lot more about of our history and then its purpose in pop culture before we kind of twist a little bit and get into the best and worst and then kind of start playing with that a little bit more. Uh, but I figured, again, this is the best place to start this one off. Um, does anybody right off the bat know what they would say is their number one first thing that they remember? I do indeed. Ben? I remember distinctly, even still to this day, because... And it's been a while since I've even checked it out, but my first recollection of any kind of mythology that still sticks to me with this day is Needles from Conan the Adventurer. Needles was a phoenix that lived inside of Conan's shield. And Conan would release Phoenix from or would release Needles from his shield to fight in his battles with him. And it's a it's an 80s cartoon, but I still remember that distinctively. And it's the one thing I always looked forward to watching, even though it was not a great cartoon at all. But I still loved the Phoenix. So the Phoenix is a mythological beast, more so than Conan as an animal. Yes. Series, <laughs> I think is yes. what you're getting at. Yes. Okay. The, the, the Phoenix itself. I just want to reiterate and you, just make sure you know where you are and what the episode is that we're discussing. <laughs> yes. I do remember. No, the, the Needles the Phoenix was the first thing I remember. Uh, Jess, you seemed like you were ready to... Yes, so Xena Warrior Princess. Yes. Straight up. Like, it started my obsession with Greek slash Roman mythology. Let's be real. There was not a lot of divide. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of mixed it all together. But it made me check out things on my own. I remember taking out of the library Dallaire's book of Greek myths. And I must have done it like five or six times that year in school. Because I was like, oh, I remember this from Xena. I was probably way too young to have been watching Xena. That's neither <laughs> here nor there. But that definitely got me interested in Greek and Roman mythology. Um, Bill? I'd like to hold mine to last. Okay. Okay. Kat? Um, I actually... So I had two books that I used to like rip through when I was a kid, and it was all Greek and Roman mythology. I think it was Greek. It's it's really, it's all the same myths. It's just name changes. It's, yeah, so, that's exactly yeah. what Jess said. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot like, of times we're more like, was it Greek or Roman? I don't but remember. Whatever. It doesn't it, really if it was Roman, it was like the ones that are all based on the planets, <laughs> name-wise. But mm-hmm. um, it was like, I had this one book, though, and it was all of those myths, and uh, not all, but like a good chunk of them, and it had these beautiful illustrations, and it was really creepy, and I loved that, like, kind of creepy stuff at the time anyway. And so um, I was obsessed with, like, the story of, like, Cupid and Psyche and, um, you know, Hades and Persephone and things like that. And, I mean, like, a lot of the old Greek myths were really dark and got kind of twisted. They didn't really have a lot of happy endings. <laughs> the book that I had read, though, definitely pared it down for kids. It was did illustrated and it not. wasn't as, like... <laughs> gory and incesty yeah, as a lot of the actual myths are. Mine did not are. parent down so. at all. And I was like, you know, I was like maybe in like second grade, like, oh, this is really me. Um, as for me, I'm surprised actually nobody has jumped to it first. Santa Claus. Hmm. As a legend or... Uh, that was going to be mine. So uh, I, I, that's why I was holding it to last, because I was surprised that nobody had mentioned Santa Claus. Because really, it, it's kind of a legend and a mythology. I mean, like, it's based on a real person, hmm. but what we view in modern culture and society is very much... See, I would never, I would have never really considered Santa Claus to be mythology until... Well, it's a legend. Like I said, again, true. Yeah. See, this is both. Like I said, yeah. we're, we'll be... Because 
There's a fine line between myth and legend, but that line is really thin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's why I was kind of combining those two things, and that's really very much a legend. Um, and it's you like know, Krampus, yeah, like Krampus like, is. The... There's a mythology to it if you really kind of think about it. Yeah. You know, um, same way with Santa, it's it's slightly altered and changed through what mm-hmm. culture you're in, but it's still their, that culture's mythology that they kind of view it. So, yeah. um, this is that kind of where your brain was oh, at with that too. Yeah, um, and I mean, again, looking into it, it's. Uh... Definitely something I, the, the first one that I can distinctly remember. Um, that and the Three Musketeers as mm. like a legend. Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. they pretty much. I mean, I had these Would great. Would that be like modern mythology? Well, I don't know. No, because it's still it? like 1700s, like 1600s. Yeah. So that still yeah. would be considered traditional mythology, yeah, I yeah. would say. Um, but yeah, I mean, that I kind of like, legend. that kind of ties into uh, <clears throat> thinking about legends like. King Arthur and mm-hmm. the Knights of the Holy Grail and Excalibur. Robin Hood. You know. Robin. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know a lot of those are going to come up in this discussion Absolutely. here tonight because I think those are some <laughs> of the most important ones in addition to what we think of like, you know, Greek, Roman, uh, you know, Egyptian, all the, uh, you know, Norse, all these things. Mm-hmm. I think there's so much more to unpack when you think of all those things. Uh, now, kind of to continue on to the ones that each of us said, there's two kind of added points to that. The first is, is it something that still you hold near and dear? And secondly, when you realize as when you're growing up, when that thing that you're kind of connecting with at growing up is not something that's real, was that difficult to come to terms with? I still hold Santa Claus very, very near and dear to my Aww. heart. I yeah. thought it was the greatest story ever <laughs> invented. Um, my parents even got me, like, as they thought I was going to stop believing in Santa Claus, they got me a book, The Science of Santa Claus, which they thought would totally bring me out of it and say, okay, Santa Claus isn't real. It got me even further into believing oh, that Santa Claus is real. I was like, this makes sense. He fights a dragon to get the pomegranate seeds, to eat the oh pomegranate seeds, to stay warm at the North Pole and live longer. It was like, wait, wait, wait. there's a story where Santa fights a dragon? He basically has to steal the pomegranate from a dragon. He doesn't fight the dragon. He just kind of like... But so, there's a story with Santa and a dragon together. Basically, basically I need to Santa, read this. The science of Santa. Basically, too. Santa is like a level 30 rogue from D&D. Sneaks in, steals this fucking pomegranate. Well, he doesn't have to be. He break, does B&E yeah. like thousands of billions of times a night. So. Exactly. He's got to be a rogue. And the year, like, I, I think chaotic I was like, good. I was like mm-hmm. 10. See, I was thinking chaotic so, neutral, but okay. I was giving presents. Yeah, you're yeah. still breaking yeah. in. All right, that's chaotic. chaotic. That's chaotic. But he's locking up. You don't see like cold prints on your carpet. But he's or also stealing food. No, people are leaving. Yeah, it it's a that's true. It's an yeah. awful, like, okay. If you forget, to, if you forget yes. to put it out, you don't go like wake up Christmas morning and be like Santa raided the fridge again. Like, that's not something that happens. All right, that's good. That's all well, good points. All right, well, I'm good. <laughs> I was ten and I still believed in Santa Claus, and my mother thought I was. Yeah. I was out of it, and it was we were coming back from a store one night, and she was like, "Okay, so you're gonna help us like set up the tree and put out the presents this year?" I was like, "But Santa does that." Oh my god! And I broke down in the car, Aww. and it was like, like the worst ugly cry ever. Like yeah. I was so upset. <laughs> oh, I know. So it, I was up. totally shattered, and I was around your age too. But then I, but then it got better on Christmas Eve because then I got to be Santa, and I got to be the myth and legend that I had loved all those years. So. That's really cute. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, how about you, then, Jess? You want to elaborate a little bit? On my Xena Warrior Princess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
It was just, you know, I remember watching it every week as a kid. Like, I would watch it every, I think it was on Friday nights or something, Saturday mm-hmm. nights, something like that. It was so good. And we would, like, I would watch it with, like, my dad, and it just, it drew me in these larger-than-life characters. And I think that's what I loved so much about it, these really petty gods causing all the drama, um, messing with mortals. It just... It's great. I mean, it's, it's pretty, great stuff. Yeah. You know? Do you go back and still watch it every once in a while? I haven't seen it in a bit, but I have watched it mm-hmm. since for sure. Uh, Netflix is a wonderful thing. And obviously, you know, <laughs> you probably don't think Xena's real, so. No, no <laughs> she's not real. <laughs> she was really badass and had a very But Lucy Lawless is still badass she's on her amazing. own, so it's fine. Whatever she oh, does, I, I don't even she's care. She's wonderful. So, no, I didn't ever think Xena was real. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't ever think the Greek myths were real either. But they were really interesting. I mean, you know, it was super fun stuff. And I'm still definitely, like, remember a lot of the stories. Some I had to do a refresher on, but I I love still integrating it into things. Because, um, you know, even in, I mean, with books nowadays, like, retellings are hugely popular. And you know, why not go back and do the myths? So I recently started, like, diving back in for a contemporary romance series that's all going to be based on the Greek myths. Nice. And, like, I had to definitely do a refresher, but as I was reading it, I'm, like, remembering that book from when I was a kid with the awesome creepy pictures and the super creepy stories, which were just as creepy as I remember because mm-hmm. it was really, really fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, Zeus slept with, like... Everyone. Yeah! It was... <laughs> And I mean, like, the book I read did not parse things down. It was like, like, the actual Hercules story was fucked up. Ben, how about as far as phoenixes? No, I was always pretty understanding and knew that they weren't, that it was, that they weren't real. Uh, I mean, you got to look at what my earliest references to anything mythological, whether it be Greek or Roman or whatever, was all cartoon. I mean, you had yeah. Conan the Adventurer, you had... Uh, the Disney movie Hercules. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, most of mine were all cartoons. So I knew right from the beginning they weren't real. There's part of me that wished they were, and the uh, younger versions of me that probably pretended that they were. But um, yeah, I, I was always pretty well aware. When that I they was a kid, I wished for unicorns too. It's okay. I wished that there was really a phoenix. I'm pretty sure at some point I, I even had a shield with a phoenix I drew on it. Aww, and that's yeah, I know my my childhood was sad, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was I was pretty well aware that they, they were. how how do phoenixes still correlate to you in your life now? Well, I mean, it's I, I still I mean, listeners can't see it, but I'm wearing a phoenix T-shirt. I have my first tattoo is going to be a phoenix. It's already drawn out. Uh, the phoenix still resonates with me today because as I've gotten older and I've looked into what the actual meaning behind the phoenix is and how the phoenix is a creature that technically was. Was immortal. It was something that even though it would die, it would still can, could be reborn back from its own ashes. And that's kind of a way I've looked at my own life in that no matter how bad things have gotten and how much your life can burn down, you can still come back from it no matter what. Your life is never truly over. Yeah. So that's still to this day something that I live by. So it's an important lesson versus just something from an 80s cartoon or later probably when you watch X Men, the 90s cartoon. Yes. <laughs> yes. Although I will say, in the second movie, when they showed the phoenix under the water, I was very excited. I'm sure you were. (laughs) Um, But no, I mean, I would say, along the lines of Bill, I mean, um, the whole idea of Santa Claus for me was became less and less and less. Like, that kind of, for me, just kind of fizzled out. 
Um, I think I found out from kids at school and I was kind of like, oh, that makes sense. Like, I was one of those, like, really curious kids and I, like, you know, like, when no one was home, I'd, like, root through random places that I don't normally are supposed to go. And I'm, like, right around, like, you know, like, hey, you know, like, here's my folks' closet. What's in here? What's up in our attic? You know, because it's your, your, your kid you're exploring, you know? That was the whole thing. It's, like, when somebody says, don't go in here, you're, like, I'm gonna I have to go, go in there. there. Like, no. Cats is, like, no. No, that's fine. I was, when I was a kid, I, I was scared of monsters in my closet. So, like, let's be honest, I'm not going to go running around in closets. I don't want to get eaten by monsters. <laughs> like, So, I mean, like, for me, like, that was fun, though. It was just kind of like, hey, like, they're, they're, my folks, like, because I had the access to the attic in my bedroom. And I was always told, don't go up there. I was there. terrified of that. My brother like, had it. We have Thank all God. this stuff up I there. I did not want that. I did not want access to the attic in my bedroom. My brother had it, and I always thought he was going to, like, end up dead someday. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I really did not want that at all. So, I mean, like, for me, like, it was just kind of, you'd go up there and, like, and you'd find Christmas presents. And like, wait a second, this is on my Christmas list. And then you start putting two and two together. And, like, That's fair. And then, like, a friend says something at school and you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Um, but, like, it never bummed me out. I never got upset about it. But oh, like, I was so upset. I was bummed. My world was shattered. Yeah. I was with Bill. That was, like, in Jesse. Yeah, Somehow like, <laughs> I knew the Tooth Fairy wasn't real, but still hung on to Santa Claus. So, yeah, like, that's how I much know. I really still wanted I to really, believe I really, I wanted that. there to be magic in the world. Yeah, I really exactly. did. Exactly, that's it. After the Santa Claus discussion, <laughs> I was like, well, well, what about the Easter oh, Bunny? no! What about the Tooth Fairy? <laughs> it was all gone. All gone after that. <laughs> See, I, I found out. I found out because my father had very distinct handwriting, and I just remember waking up and reading, just one year coming to the realization that Santa's handwriting looks a lot like my dad's, and that was when I realized it. Too. I was not that aware. I was, as a but child. I don't remember being that distraught over it. I really don't. This this was the point in my life where I didn't put like skills into observe or spot yeah, right. or recognize. <laughs> I was like, oh look Santa's handwriting. Yay! Yeah, yeah. Oh look Santa's wrapping paper. Oh it looks like our wrapping paper. This, yes, this is Santa. Yay! I still never got those yeah. uh, <laughs> those skills. So. Yeah. So let's step into the next part of this discussion then. So now as everybody's starting to, you know, based on this point in time for where we're at in this story, as we're all getting older, was there a specific myth then that you just truly, truly latched onto and, you know, or a legend that you were like starting, it became like something you had maybe like an obsession with where like, if you read about like the Arthurian legend and you're like, Oh my God, this is amazing. That was the round table. Like, the toys that you wanted, anything that you wanted to do, what you played with friends, it all had to do with that. And then why did that resonate? So, Kat. So, mine was definitely Arthurian legend, and I was, I mean, I'm, I've always been a huge geek, but, like, I actually liked research when I was a kid. I don't anymore. But, like, when I was in, like, second, third grade, I remember going to the library and, like, picking up all of the super, super dry books on his, like, Arthurian history and everything I could find and I would read all of them and it was really boring but I loved it as a kid. Your parents well I guess people don't people don't really know like the true whole like legend of King Arthur and, like, Yeah there's no how... so like historically it's very like scattered and based on what you read you mm-hmm. get a whole different thing because the legend's been retold so many times in so many different ways you so can you can read historical... three or four different stories on king arthur yeah. and get a completely different yeah. story well, like and then if you read like the poetry for example or like yeah. you know the longer i think like, those yeah. would be the three definitive versions you have the poems 
by Troy, you have Lamar Darth. Lamar Darth is the main one. The Once Future King, of. which is yes, the more modern. That's also. a huge one. You know? And that's, I love the Once Future King. So good. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. But like, so anything Arthurian as a kid, I was like really, really into because I loved that whole legend. And well, real quick, because you're bringing that up. Yeah. Is anybody else at this table also the uh, King Arthur's yes. you know, legend? Yes. Okay, mine is as well. So. <laughs> and oddly enough, it's actually, it's weird how the Phoenix actually led me to that because I remember mm-hmm. one of the first things I ever saw of anything Arthurian, believe it or not, was Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yeah. And Arthur's shield has a bird on the shield, oh. yeah. which actually led me like, I was like, ooh, a phoenix. I have to watch this. Aww. And then I started watching Monty Python and I, I started looking more and more into King Arthur. And the phoenix always still had a meaning for me, but I kind of pushed it to the back of the, my mind and started really getting into Arthurian legend. And that's when I started, you know, learning about Merlin and Morgana and like mm-hmm. all the other different legends as well. And I just absolutely fell in love with with Arthurian legend at the same time. For me, it goes back to Disney and the Sword and Stone. Sword and Stone. Yes. And I remember watching that at maybe like four or, or five. Black, well, Black Cauldron is not exactly Arthurian, but it's... No, no that's it's actually Welsh. Yeah. yeah. It stemmed in Welsh. Um, Lloyd Alexander, I love those books uh, that they were based off of. It's um, the Perdane Chronicles. Lloyd Alexander was actually from Drexel Hill, funny enough. Right. And yeah, he's from your neck of the woods. And so... Um, he based them all, it had all the really, because impo- I read them so much as a kid, but I couldn't pronounce them for shit because it was all Welsh words. <laughs> and that's it's like really tough y to next to <laughs> Oh my god, it's yeah. like, did it, like. <laughs> and you know, it's funny, you bring up Sword in the Stone is because I had actually seen Sword in the Stone before I had ever seen Monty Python, but I was so young at the time that I didn't pick up on what, what it was. Sword in the Stone was. And, and was, then I went back and rewatched it afterwards. Well, it was it was funny because, like, for me growing up, when I watched that, I really got into it. That was like around the time of uh, like the old original Lego sets that were like pirates and knights mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So my dad got me like the Knight Castle and stuff for Christmas. So Aww. I'd play out, you know, Sword in the Stone and stuff like that because they had like little jousting figures and all this <laughs> stuff too. But then he kind of was like, "Hey, you know, you really like this." So he introduced me to I want to say it was Bing Crosby, if memory serves correctly. Uh, Connecticut Yanking King Arthur's Court. Yes. Oh. Um, well, it's a the movie. The original is Mark Twain. It's Mark Twain. Yeah. So, but he gave me, for books that year, I got the Mark Twain Connecticut Yanking King Arthur's mm-hmm. Court, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea by Jules Verne. And I was like seven or eight, and I devoured that stuff. And it became so much fun. So I got really just into that whole idea of, you know, that, you know, the sword and shield and sorcery and all this stuff all tied to that. So it became a huge part of my childhood for me. That was just a huge, massive part for that. So that really stuck with me heavily too. Mm-hmm. Um, Jess, what was, what was your big one? Probably out of the actual myths. Cause I don't want to get too modern right now. But probably Robin Hood. Yeah. I loved Robin Hood. My second favorite. Yeah, Aww, exactly. So I mean, good. it just, my imagination as a kid went wild. <laughs> Thought it was great. Robin Hood and Sherwood Forest. And of course, you have Maid Marian. And it's Little just John. so dramatic. And as a girl who wants to just dress as princesses and long flowy <laughs> dresses, Robin Hood was it, man. It was great. I just <laughs> loved the idea of living in the trees in the woods. Yeah, right? Like, it was so great. And um, the Disney movie as well. We were talking about mm-hmm. Sword of the Stone. And then there was the Robin Hood with the foxes and it's Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's such an iconic movie. You know, another one I just thought of too, not to like, because I know we still got to go through Bill and, and yours too, but um, Peter Pan and Captain Hook oh, yes. would be another one if you consider them. Is that it is, but I think it's more a fairy tale. Yeah, but sure. then, but then also wouldn't Robin Hood and 
Because they're... That's not really considered as much of a fairy tale, though. I clarify them kind of as legends. Legends. Right? Yeah. Peter Pan would be more of a legend, I think. That's a funny. modern legend, because it was, you know, 1900s. So mm-hmm. modern, I guess. It would be in the modern legend. Okay. Yeah. But, like, Robin Hood was way back. predated oh, yeah, much, much further back. Yeah. You know? Well, but... I don't know. I think I, Captain Hook goes pretty ba- far back as well. That was... That was that was an we original. Talk- that's yeah, an original story written by someone in the early 1900s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. versus right. something that comes from. I just wanted a reason to bring up Hook. Ago, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's okay. I mean, that's why, like I said, when we get into in the modern, the modern yeah. stuff, this yeah. stuff will start cropping up because there's a lot of weird delineations to kind of. Yeah. Try to I know draw. we had to like look it up earlier because we weren't sure. So then it was like apparently modern mythology was like. Anything. It's more along the lines of, so we kind of set this line here, and that's why, like, Legends kind of slides into this a bit. 1985. <laughs> Back to the Future is Back not a modern mythology. But it's the idea of most mythology is telling life lessons, goals, and mistakes, and how to learn from them, as mm-hmm. do legends for the most part. You can view some movies, but you also have to view as what is going to survive centuries and not yeah. get diluted. It well, might be found a way to more the lessons too, whereas like mythology tends to get religiony based. Well, yeah, it gets it gets into some of the ide- more ideas for religions and yeah. cultural mm-hmm. belief as well. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, there was an interesting line where they were trying to discuss a little bit in some of the breakdowns I was reading. And how it's defined is sometimes it's fairy tales, sometimes it's this, sometimes it's yeah, a fable. It's so that it, it's it's com- it's going to be whatever we kind of choose it to be by the end of this discussion. <laughs> because you can even if you, if take you some but Back to the Future still will not be part. Uh, of I know. Back <laughs> to the future. I, I only said I don't even know why I said 1985. I wasn't even referencing Back to the Future. You but secretly were. I kind of. Um, <laughs> you didn't even realize. But I mean, it, you know, you look at that fine line, and there's even some things about Arthurian legend that can be considered fairy tale when you go into dragons and things like that. So there Absolutely. is a fine line yeah. between it. Right. Yeah, definitely. You saved yourself from a bun by going off and talking about what mythologies and <laughs> legends are. Aww. It's too late now for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to say Hercules. Yeah. Um, because I was a huge fan of Disney's Hercules. It's I still so watch good. it. It's so good. It's so good. But after you mentioned Robin Hood, yeah. I <laughs> distinctly remember that from when I was like four or five. And I was like, Robin Hood is this is the best movie ever. And they all the animals. Robin Hood's a fox. Robin Hood is a fox. It's Maid Marion is a bit foxy. Hey, hey. Oodle la, the day. Uh, just wait for it. He was <laughs> yeah, no, no, I loved, I loved Hercules, and and I really stuck to Hercules and and the more Greek. Can I be semantic for one second? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Heracles is Greek, but every single story we have goes Roman and does Hercules. I just had to be that no, person totally, for one second. No, you totally can because <laughs> it's true. I always remember getting confused because I would constantly see the different spellings. Right. They're taking too many liberties and roaming around the language. Oh, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> but most of the, I think Hercules is the most widely accepted now, regardless of whether right. they're based yeah. in Greek or Roman. Well, the mythology. second Disney made a Hercules movie. Disney, the Kevin Sorbo show. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh my god, I loved that show. 
That was not all as much as I love Xena. Right? Xena came first. Yeah, but then there were crossovers. But yeah, that's why like... I loved the Hercules one was because he appeared in Xena. Hey, like, oh, okay. Bruce Campbell was in both. Yes, I, was fine. I know. Yes, he, he was. was I was fine. <laughs> right around the Disney's Hercules was when Hercules and Xena were all on TV, right? As well. A little bit later. Huh? Like oh, I think, her, I think, I think, I think the TV shows came up a little bit later. Or maybe not. No. Maybe the movie came Disney later. movie was, I think, 98, if I'm... No, it wasn't that late. People no, have I, I would have still been in yeah. high school at that point. No, it was no, before that. No, that's when it came out. 97? We were looking it up early. I believe that. <laughs> but I was yes. looking through all of them. So yeah, that means that means ninety-seven. You're right. Xena and Hercules probably was maybe with ninety-five, ninety-six. Right I would there, assume, yeah. um, because that was again stupid Ravenclaw fact. Uh, Renaissance <laughs> Pictures and uh, what's his name? Uh, Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi and Robert Taprit, who made uh, Army of Darkness and yep. Evil Dead. Yep. That was their next project after right. Army of Darkness. They did so. a great job. <laughs> <laughs> Xena was my jam. I loved it too. It was Speaking so speaking good. Of. My first fanfic was a Xena story that <gasps> really? I read on like mind school paper. Yeah. Oh, that's really precious. That's awesome. Speaking of stupid Ravenclaw fact, <laughs> does that lead you into our next topic? Yes, I have another What's one, that, but I'm going to bite my tongue, and it's not necessary to bring up at all. So. Okay. So does, it, does it possibly lead to more puns that I can make? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. Damn it. Bring no, it it's up. it. Bring it up. All right, fine. Stupid fact that has nothing to do with what we're talking about because we brought up Robin Hood. I was watching a documentary recently, and again, as I mentioned, brings up nothing. And they were talking about Star Wars toys. The Endor set was the exact same set repainted for the Robin Hood Prince of Thieves. Yes, set it was. Oh my gosh. Yes, it was. They had too many of them in their stock, and they didn't sell. So they're like, "Well, was that from the toys that made us?" Yes, it yes, was. it was. <laughs> I watched that too. Mm-hmm. That's a great Chop documentary that up series. Under, uh... Why I'm not a Ravenclaw. <laughs> how many so. are we? What's that? I said, how many Ravenclaws are we at this table? You too. Then There's Slytherin. Slytherin. Hufflepuff. <laughs> Gryffindor. Yeah. yeah. We have all four houses represented. We do. Yeah. Pretty good. <laughs> but yeah, we, we will move into the next part now, though. So, um, so, well, this is where things get interesting. What is something current that we feel could become, not is, but could become... A new mythology in our lifetime, or something from our current lifetime, maybe parents or grandparents, that we think is going to survive the test of time and actually become a mythology, or maybe even a legend. So, I, I have something in mind. Um, I don't know if it will become it, but only because I already know it's already going a couple different generations. Like it was something that was out when I was younger. And I know younger kids have their own version of it now. And it even stems a little bit in mythology. The one thing that comes to my mind is Power Rangers. Mm. Because it, 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 in some instances, it does mm. kind of stem in mythology. Because there are some iterations that they're animals or whatever, not like the dinosaurs from the first one. But some of them are from like mythological creatures. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I would think of. I, I don't know. I mean, for me, like, my brain says comic books. Comic oh, books, I would think, I would yeah. is what I would view as these will become the next version of mythology. Like, the stories that we tell now. Say, for it. example, like, like these. But, even, but it, even those stem from some stories stem from mythology. Not all of them, though. Some you look at Thor. Well, Thor, Thor does, yeah. yes. Yeah. But, like, but I'm like saying. Superman? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Okay. Like, if you were to say in tomorrow that Warner Brothers. And Disney shutter the doors of Marvel comic books 
and DC Comics. They're gone forever. There will never be another story officially written of Superman, Batman, the X-Men. Those characters are not disappearing from our world. That's a good point. They never will. They they never will. Superman will always exist. People will always remember who Superman is. True. Regardless. It's the idea if if you ask someone off the street who Batman is or who Spider-Man is, more likely than not, people might have a gist. Whereas, like... So, it's like Peter Parker was this amazing man. In a hundred years, they'll say he was this amazing man that had the ability to fight crime in the city of New York, and he kept this the world safe from such and such and such and such. There's no comic books to refer back to. There's no way to review digital media, and it's told by word of mouth. That becomes a mythology. It, w- it would be great if we could really go, like, jump, like, 500 years in the future to see, see what people still... think and see if people actually believe that at one point in time these were real people. And they could. Sometimes. Yeah. Because some of these that's... things, like, if you think of somebody like Batman. And that's when I take no with me my Spider-Man number one and be like, yeah. <laughs> This is worth a lot of money. <laughs> but I mean, like you think about somebody like Batman, though, a person that was no super superpowers, yeah. but you tell that story in 200 years if that character doesn't exist in the cultural limelight still, people would very much view him, That's I think, true. as a myth- mythological character, you know. Yeah, well, I think you were talking about, uh, mentioned, not on the podcast, but earlier, like, even just historical figures becoming... Big, I think than that's life. probably the most likely thing to happen. Mm-hmm. Like actual people becoming legends through big things that they may have well, done. I, but I, think, I mean, I can't think of any off the top of my well, head. That's actually, the problem. Well, here's a good good example of this. Uh, one of the the weird definitions of mythology was a classic story that's t- told through hyperbole. If people don't remember all the specifics and take fact from the show Hamilton, mm-hmm. and Alexander Hamilton is. That man from that show, and that's what he's known as. That show is now a show. Now it's become legend. It's, beca- it's, it's become, become it's, it's yeah. the hyperbole of who he was now. And if they take that from it, technically. But even but like it, Paul Revere is like, yeah. you know, sure. he really wasn't yes. that big of a dude. It was some guy that like, you he know. He didn't have he, a giant ox? <laughs> that was Paul Bunyan. Sorry. Paul Bunyan. <laughs> that was Paul Bunyan. <laughs> See, I'm already confusing See, my, I'm already confusing my legend. But I mean, in that sense, you could take any modern movie and and can become legend as well if you tell that same story over and over again. Prime example, you could take John McClane from Die Hard and tell that story 200 years down the road to the point where somebody believes that this was an actual man who actually saved all these people from a building of terrorists. It depends In on essence, that story has be, he has though. become legend. Like that's So that's difficult because the tricky part is like, so for example, with something like Hamilton where it's based off of a person where like, He's been around for hundreds Yeah, but comic of years. books aren't based off of real people. They're not, but they've been around for so long. They've been around since the 1930s. The Superman's existence since the 1930s. So no, I, I, and I, I realize that, like, but John, you know, I'm saying... John McClane, I, like, I think that that might fade with generations. Do you know what I mean? Die like, Hard will never fade. Die uh, Hard will never fade. I'd like to say the same thing, but we have Bruce Willis saying that Die Hard isn't a Christmas movie. And, that and, and, and Bruce Willis is full of shit. Yes. <laughs> well, you also have to think of it too. You have you have a six movie franchise, and three of them are good. And it's, so, and it's very very true. And we've only had it for thirty years. Yeah, but so, you think about, thirty years as of yesterday, actually. Yeah. Yeah. But you think about comic books, and you've had hundreds and hundreds of writers writing that one character, though. So it's a new interpretation, and it gets lost in translation over time. Mm-hmm. Where you're talking about six writers. Six writers over the course of a couple of years all right, writing well, a movie. So. All right. In that sense, what about a character like James Bond? 
James Bond's been around. Yeah, really I can see. James Bond's been really written by, good. been yeah. played by different characters, been because written by span, a number of different the span people, is like and the span's longer. a lot longer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that actually, because you have multiple people writing mm-hmm. it and telling the story of it, therefore, that's a really good example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anybody else have this, what they think might become a modern myth? This is where I'd love to swing Star Trek. Okay. Um... Because we know Star Trek has been around since the 60s. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and it has lasted for that span of time. It's still relevant today. And I think that if they were to stop making Star Trek today, 100, 200 years from now, people could still reference those stories and say, hey, look at what we could be. So it's weird because it's kind of reverse mythology because you've got you've got a story being told in the future that mm-hmm. people reference, that people might reference in the future to say, hey, this is what they thought of 100, 200 years ago of what we could be. Why aren't we there yet? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and, and the belief structure of let's have a culture that is just meant to explore and, and find new things and discover new civilizations and new, new people and new races. And it kind of becomes like an Asimov thing where it's like this is, you know, what... I say the future is going yeah. to be, and we still look at that stuff. Which, know? and if we go to the whole thing of it trying to warn people or or teach a lesson, sure, yeah, not a specific story, but time travel as a concept, as a story concept in general. Which brings me back to Back to the Future. <laughs> I will defend Back to the Future slightly because it does have that time travel aspect to it to say, hey. <laughs> If don't you shake don't it off, the trolls. don't shake it off. If you do this, if you do this, and you try to change events that are already set in stone, beware of what your actions may do. But that's yeah, a, but that's, that's a modern time. Terrible. That's any like time travel story though. Like I think things like Star Trek or Star Wars have some bearing because, like the James Bond example, it's been told by many people. Right. Like you know, you had an entire extended universe with Star Wars where. There were writers writing all these other stories and continuing to imagine in this universe. So I'm like, all right, you know. Well, an interesting thing, though, that can really make the Star Wars, and I definitely understand the Star Trek one, but can really, it it sets itself up as a legend on its own. It's true. Mm-hmm. When you say, here's a story and you show a kid 40 years to 100 years from now and says, and they see something that says, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Yes. Yeah. That child that sees that for the first time and comprehends that statement says, did this happen? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that Yeah, that's a that good point. sets up that that's moment. A very good that point. sets up that that potential future and that history of that existing. But Star Trek I can see exactly though. It's it's that that there's that angle of this is this teaching tool and these this lesson of all these pieces. Mm-hmm. So, like Okay. Well, now on the same note of potential movies and friend like you mentioned Star Trek, Star Wars, James Bond was a good example of potential franchises that could eventually in time become myth or legend. What about some horror franchises now, like Jason Voorhees or, or Freddy Krueger? Very much so. Yeah. Because... Depends on if they continue them. It's one of those things, like, I think... Well, we all know that Hollywood shouldn't, but they continue to do it. <laughs> That's fair. 
But I think if, like, again, it's about the number of people, because what happened with myths and legends spreading is that people continuing to tell the stories over and over and over. Like we were saying with the King Arthur story. But the same thing can be said with... a thousand times. But the same thing can be said with, like, Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street. We've gotten at least, like, seven movies. Yes, but that's over a very... Seven movies, though, is a very small span compared to hundreds and hundreds of years. Like, Arthurian legends... But then how could James Bond qualify and not Friday the 13th? We're, like, 20-some movies. In there's books written all these maybe. things of this. There's comic book stories. But that there's could just video mean, games. But, there's, but that could also. But there's also the same thing with some of these other horror legends as well. These horror franchises. We might just be very early on. We well, might still be only continues. in the first ten of twenty movies and yeah. continuing on with that. Well, like Bond seems to still be continuing with no end in sight. Whereas like I don't. Bond know. didn't really have much of a break. It was a small break. Yeah. At, at, at the most. True. Um, Whereas, like, I don't really know... I mean, apart from rebooting them, they're not really continuing them. They had their stint in, it like... Was, it was a flash in the pan in the grand, grand scheme of things, to the where point where it's so like, hard for them to even make a sequel to a reboot that happened eight years ago. Okay. Without yeah. studios wanting to back it. I've got one more example, then. Okay. And we'll see what people think about this. <laughs> Doctor Who. I was going to Doctor Who. Doctor Who is a great one. You look at a show that's... Multiple people have played Mm -hmm. the character and you look at a show that has spanned over 50 years. Absolutely. That's another example. I think that's a really key one. But I mean, like, I think where... I I know where your brain's going with the idea of somebody like Jason or Michael Myers or things like that. I think they're iconic, but I don't know if they'll... Like, again, it's a matter of if it continues. And I think, again, it also has has to have the aspect of telling, you know, teaching a lesson. Sure. It does. It's uh, stay a virgin and don't go anywhere by yourself. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, one of the key things, though, when I think about like horror creatures, though, I think of like if I would I say Frankenstein, the mummy, the werewolf. Those are very, yeah. Dracula. Those are legends. I would say those are very much legends because they've been, they've been, they've been written by so many times. Thousands and thousands of people. True. Those but they, are really monsters that, yeah. But they started in just a single book or two that people wrote, uh, read and were like, wait, did this happen? You know, like, <laughs> and some some people yeah. view these these as, you know, horror tales, but then some people view them as actual. Think about in our yes. lives, if you've gone to a museum and seen, and no lie, 1800s, 1700s, kits of vampire slaying kits in Absolutely. museums. People yeah. thought it existed. There yeah. was bells and cords run into graves because people thought somebody was... Could come back from the dead. Yeah. There was head yeah. severed. People believed that. Sure. Okay, you know, I, I know I said that the Doctor Who was my last one, but this is my <laughs> okay, okay. Um, only because I'm curious about this one myself. Doctor Who, yeah. I figured could be. Yeah, this one I think might be, but I'm just curious of other opinions. Sherlock Holmes. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah, definitely. You yeah. can definitely become a legend. Because if you talk about Arthurian legend being like my number one, Robin Hood being my number two, Holmes is three. Holmes, Holmes is three has years. lasted. Holmes has lasted. Like, Holmes is like, reminds me of like, in the sense of like, Robin Hood lasting, where it's like, he's mm. become a legendary detective at this point. And that decision for him to be a legend is just elementary. Ha, 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 ha. Well, actually, I got a question, Jess, because I know you haven't brought up one, but actually, I have. I keep stealing hers. I'm sorry. It's fine. It's fine. But I'm kind of curious if your take on something like this. Do you think there's any musicals that could become that people could view the story from that? Actually, like something like Phantom of the Opera, as that sure, becoming because a it was a it was a book, and I mean, I think people could think the story has. Has bearing, like bearing, and yeah. that it could be real. I don't know. It's just hard to think about what's going to resonate with people. 
And like stay for a long and stay, time. And have that that's, staying power. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's the trick of it. I mean, that one's been yeah, for a long that's just, I think that's just more iconic. I think it's, yeah, yeah it's just okay. an iconic tale. Mm-hmm. I can't I think of any musical there. in particular. Little yeah. Shores. <laughs> oh, um, I think um, at this point, like, for modern, um, because it's been retold so many times, um, Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz that is That sort of one. thing, because you sure. have Wicked, you have retellings constantly, books are constantly retelling it, like, people, you know, and the original books are, like, people have, like, gone such a different direction with retellings and, you know, continuing to keep that going. You've got, like, Once Upon a Time, The Ways. I mean, yeah, there's exactly. there's different tellings. In the a lot story. of iterations, yeah. I think it's just hard because I think that and mythology, that, that legends yeah, imply a basis in reality. Absolutely, the yeah. The legends are this person could have existed. Like Robin Hood, King Arthur, you're like, yeah, you know, that's true. there are documents that speak as if he did exist. Mm-hmm. Is that true? We don't. No. Yeah, no, that's a very It was good so point. long ago, so it's hard to say what sort of documentation will be <laughs> available in the next hundreds of and, years and that'll you, there's, keep that state. And there's hard. still a part of me that still believes in in some way that Robin Hood and King Arthur in some existed. form existed. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. Still Absolutely. to this day, I still uh-huh. believe they existed. I mean, I, I know what I would like to still be Maybe not battling dragons. And but, exist in 500 years, but yeah. I... It's hard. Yeah, it's really well, hard. Well, it's, to, it's like, still, yeah. you know, like when you think about like the idea of creatures, like, you know, when we talk about Frankenstein and Dracula, people bring up mermaids. Mm-hmm. And yeah. sailors to this day swear that they exist. That's <laughs> Yeah. They, they absolutely swear they exist. Well, you look at something local to, sort of local to us, and the, the legend of the Jersey, the Jersey Devil across the river. Yeah. That one's a legend that's been around for years. Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster. These are all yes, legends. Yes, I these love are, the Loch Ness Monster one. Like, uh, those are huge to our culture still. Yeah. And that kind of brings us into the next point. is like the idea of why legends and mythology are so uh, so important in pop culture. I found Just, out recently that Scotland actually has a contingency plan in place should they ever find the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> like a government agency wrote one up as like half a joke back in the early 2000s, but it's legitimate enough that if they were to ever find well, a Loch Ness Monster, they kind of know what they're going to do. Well, that's, oh, similar, that's, that's similar to the fact that the CDC actually has a, plane, a, a plan in place in case a zombie outbreak exactly. ever happens. Yes. It's smart. Mm-hmm. It is smart because it could happen. Yeah. <laughs> hey, there's viruses like this that do that to some animals. And yeah. Insects. Mm-hmm. insects so hey, why if there's a mosquito that can bite you and make you allergic to meat, I believe anything is possible. <laughs> that's true, by the way. It's a yeah. tick. Oh, that's right. It's a it's tick. tick. It's a mosquito. Yeah. Tick. Yeah. yeah. I was so, high. It's unfortunate. Yeah. So, um, so now then, before we go into our break. Uh, why legends of mythology are so important in pop culture. Does anybody have anything they want to start with? I just think, oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I think it just gives something to people for, you know, something grandiose for them to believe in. Like, that is somewhat anchored in reality, but just far out enough that it's like, no, that couldn't be true. But could it? Like, yeah. the whole zombie thing or, thing, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. I don't really have much else. Sorry. <laughs> just. I think it's because the themes are just so universal. I think because you have these larger-than-life characters, these good guys that you want to root for so badly, and like Kat said at the beginning, you want to believe in some regard that magic is real. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much why they're so prevalent. You know, you have these larger-than-life people it's well if you think doing of, amazing deeds. You think about a lot of the ideas behind mythology and, and these legends, it's 
it's a person that overcomes great adversity mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. it's something that would cause great adversity on its own that people have to rise up together with to overcome. It's one yeah. or the other. It's usually, it's there's not a lot of moral gray when you think of either of these these two things. Yeah. Cat Ben. No, I, that's pretty much. I mean, uh, with Arthurian legend, I felt like they. Uh, I don't know what I always liked about it was it was like what Bill was saying with that larger, like the grandiose characters, and um, I loved the idea of like that he could rise again. Like, the whole thing where it's like that he could come back. And it does fall into that, maybe it's real, maybe magic is real. Like, you know, I really fell in love with that idea. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, like, a lot of them, it just feels like they never left, even if it happened hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Well, yeah, I think what you're saying, Jess, what you said, Bill, what you said, it's that idea of latching, like, latching on to maybe magic was real and it disappeared. There's something happened in our culture or society that it's been forgotten. Um, you know, so much of our history in general, you go back to, you know, the 10th and 11th century, like how much of that is incredibly well documented? Very little. Yeah. So I think it's it's that those little pieces that always, as Bill even put it too, with the idea of the Loch Ness Monster or something like that, it's like, it's like, it's, this is, there's no way this is real. Or is it? If anything, it can I mean, you ask that and you're like, if somebody came out and said there is scientific evidence and proof that this happens, you would have thousands of people all get up at the same time and be like, ha, I knew it. You know? Because it's they, they, they build that into you. It's, yeah. you know. Yo, I still believe in Nessie. I'm fine with that shit. But you know, but you know what's funny? And I, and I look at this, and it, not to get too deep into this too, but um, or not to get into like a, a deeper topic, but this is me kind of reflecting on this as an atheist, is you can kind of look at the story of modern day religion as mm -hmm. mythology as well. Yeah. But but how is it that a group of people not calling out what everybody's religion is at the table, but sure. how is it that a group of people could believe so wholeheartedly in something they've never seen existence of, but yet these other things like Nessie and things like that, which have been told for years and years and there's no evidence of, you completely write off. Mm -hmm. And that's Well give some I think all these things give people something to believe in. Yeah. So mm -hmm. you're atheist and don't have a religion but you're like hey you know what the idea of king arthur and hopefully one day him coming back and maybe writing wrongs of like current culture or society or anything like that if that's That'd their connection awesome. there's nothing wrong with <laughs> no i don't know come back now king arthur <laughs> that would be amazing <laughs> it would, wouldn't it? he just takes excalibur and just like marches up the steps holds it up and it gleams <laughs> excalibur oh. from the bosom of the water <laughs> and now uh, it's you know it's it's <laughs> A man named Arthur climbing out of the Jersey River and like all of a sudden he has horrible diseases and like the future king has risen and he is dead. In a coma. <laughs> <laughs> That's gotta be Arthur and not Uther because Uther was just a dick. Uther was he a dick. Yeah. Uther. <laughs> Unless it was Anthony uh, Anthony Stewart. He was dead. still a dick. Yeah, he still was a dick. But but Anthony Stewart. But it's still dead. Anthony Stewart. Dead, right. so. Now I want to watch Excalibur. Damn it. <laughs> oh God, don't. No. <laughs> I like Excalibur. <laughs> I like Excalibur. I tried. I tried recently. <laughs> I know you and did. It was just. It was rough. I, I tried like too. Hey, it's either Excalibur or First Night. I've never seen First Night. Of course you haven't. Richard Gere. Or, Richard Gere, but it's it's also Sean Connery's Connery, King yeah. Arthur. Yeah. Nice. Or you can make yourself happy and watch Merlin, because it's a great mm. show. Sam Neill? Sam Neill! No! No, no the TV BBC. show. 
The BBC it's one. It's a BBC uh, show. Well, see, I still remember the Sam Neill version. Oh, yeah, that was an too. adorable so BBC cute. show. They are so hard. And they're full of nuggets. Bradley James is the best of us. And he's wonderful. And he's a sexy yeah. man, too. Yes. Actually, in End of Merlin, that's how they kind of talked about how magic went away, too. Because people started believing in more in science and, and things like that. Where And Merlin was like, look, we, we have to go away for people to progress and proceed. An- another Which really makes me mad if magic went away because of that. Like, like they should have on their own. Although I would not want to give up our science and technology <laughs> thing for magic. But That's I mean, but who's to say like technology isn't our own form of magic now? So, yeah. but another movie that's similar to that too. Cast a fireball, like, but say goodbye Google, <laughs> and everybody's like, "Oh, I want Google back." <laughs> <laughs> but another another movie that you could say like about how like magic went away and then came back in modern day is The Sorcerer's Apprentice with Jay Baruchel and Nicolas Cage. Yeah, Nick Cage. <laughs> I, 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 I'm gonna admit I really enjoyed that. It's movie. a good movie. That's <laughs> kind of fun. Ter- it's not gonna good lie. Movie. Not gonna it's lie. Terrible. No, it's not. Cat, we're just gonna have to put you in a cage <laughs> and make you watch all the movies. I mean, come on, come on. He's a national treasure. No, it's terrible. That that pun's getting retired. You can tell. <laughs> I haven't used it yet tonight, so I just used it once. I won't use it again. I'm trying not to repeat. Right. <laughs> All right, because we're talking about Nicolas Cage, I think that means it's time for us to take a break. <laughs> so uh, we'll make, be- make sure you come back and don't miss it. <laughs> I know. I repeat. All right. So when we come back, we'll be talking about the best and worst of pop culture interpretations of mythology and legends, and then tons of other different fun things where we actually get to pitch our own versions of it, uh, what we want to see adapted, and then of course we'll end with our traditional MFK. So we'll be back in just a few. Hey everybody, this is Rob from the Caffeine Crew cast of Pods and DC Primetime, and I'm here to tell you something that you should definitely be doing if you haven't done so already, and that is heading over to www.nextlevelradioonline.com. There's a ton of other great podcasts on the network if you haven't checked them out already, such as From Panels to Pixels, Two Fat Dudes, What Lurks Behind Podcast Zero, uh, an upcoming Lost Revisited podcast, uh, in addition to our flagship show, the Showcast Spotlight, which is about to probably get ready to kick off its brand new season of celebrity interviews. Great shows like The Melting Pat, Primetime Fantasy Football, and Con Talk. So whatever your interest is, there's definitely something for you at Next Level Radio Online. Make sure to check them out, like them, review them, share. Thank you guys so much for all of your years of support. Now, back to the show. And we're back. Uh, actually, it was very fitting as we took our break. We watched uh, the Uncharted fan film starring Nathan Fillion uh, in between, which, uh, you know, if you're not familiar with Uncharted, one of the best games that also deals with myths and legends. So uh, that just dropped, actually, on YouTube today, so it's been kind of exciting for everybody. And kind of took uh, Twitter by storm today when that dropped, too. <laughs> so pretty cool. But um, so Social but, media by storm. I saw, like, ten different people posting it. It's seriously. true, yeah. <laughs> so, um... As we talk and continue on our Legends and Mythology mythology talk, so I figured the best place to kind of pick up the conversation is the most memorable representations of classic mythology and legends in pop culture. Uh, So obviously we'll talk about the most memorable, then obviously break that out into the best and worst. 
Because while there are a ton, some of them truly stand out permanently and some of them kind of are forgotten, while others are just horrendous. So so does anybody have anything that immediately comes to mind? Cat. My most memorable for Robin Hood is probably not most people's. Uh, It's Robin Hood Men in Tights. Because (laughs) Gary Elways as Robin Hood was just fantastic. See, I, you know what, though, going with Robin Hood, like, that's yeah. that's one of my earliest memories, too, but I I still go uh, Prince of Thieves. Yeah, Prince I had never Thieves seen the first. movie until, like, later on, so for me, like, I remember, um, you know, Robin Hood Meditates playing on over and over and over and over when I was younger, so it just hit at the right time. Yeah. Jess? We haven't talked too much about Norse mythology yet, so I nominate uh, Marvel's version of Loki. Just kind of all around. I really enjoy especially teen Loki from, like, Young Avengers. I think he's the perfect blend of, like, little mischievous shit and, like, elder (laughs) god. So that would probably be one of my favorites. And I really do like the way they've been dealing with it in in the movies as well. I thought Ragnarok was great. Oh my god, it was so Really good. enjoyed it. I know yeah, people yeah. are split on it, but I, I thought I it was a great I was not as film. big of a fan of Thor 1 and 2, but I adore Ragnarok. I love Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Good. Ragnarok okay. is what sold me on Thor, because I really didn't like 1 and 2, and then I watched Thor Ragnarok, and I'm like, oh my god, that was amazing. Hemsworth Thor is just like <laughs> a golden retriever like yes. puppy, and I just love him for it's it. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm right there with you, so. Bill. I still haven't seen Thor Ragnarok. It's on Netflix. You should. Uh, yeah. It's on Plex. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, what about Xena and Hercules? Yes. Always. 100%. I really liked um, Ares in Xena. Mm-hmm. That was just, he was awesome. He was um, hot. He was super Let's hot. Let's be real. Yeah, he really was. <laughs> For me, like, uh, kind of jumping into video game realm, um, it covers two different mythologies, which is God of War. Um, mm-hmm. The original God of War series, obviously, the you know Greek pantheon, and the brand new one, you now the Norse pantheon. Mm-hmm. Um, and an amazing representation of a lot of that, too, which was very surprising. Like I said, for a game that's essentially a... A angsty teen uh, murder simulator for the first three. <laughs> and... Uh, Essentially, again, well, uh, oh, now it's just a protective father murder simulator. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but it's still uh, they surprisingly go into a lot of the classic mythological beasts, the gods. Um, you know, even a lot of the demigods. I mean, like you know, it's very surprisingly how well they uh, were able to do a lot of that and do a lot of that justice yeah. uh, with a fairly unlikable protagonist, and then making him incredibly likable uh, in the reboot recently. So. And even the Norse end, they do a really great job of, without going too super in-depth. Um, they talk about some major things and handle it in a, quite a wonderful way. Like, you know, showing the world serpent, uh, how they handle um, even just the brief discussions of, you know, Odin, which is very minimal. Uh, Freya and all these different characters. They do a really beautiful job of, of pulling this together, Balder, things like that. So I would say that is for me, for, for Norse, that's probably my, my top is actually the brand new God of War on how wonderfully they introduce you to it without going too deep, but still leave enough seeds for you to say, I want to check more of this out. Yeah. Um, 
What are we focusing on again? I forgot. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the best, well, the the, the most memorable, um, you know, interpretations of pop culture of modern myths and uh, see, and, and, and legends. And, and, and so we're talking like modern now, because one of the ones that I well, no, I'm sorry, know. classic mythology and legends, not modern. Sorry, we're not modern yet. We're not. Okay. We had the modern discussion. The modern discussion has happened and is done and over. Oh, really? Yes. Because nobody brought up Percy Jackson. That's well. That's that's, that's, that's exactly his but, point. I was thinking that too. That's that's a representation of, of classic mythology. Yep, that's okay. What we're talking then that, about because that's what. Okay. That's I exactly to make sure what I was thinking because of too. nobody's it's brought up Percy so Jackson good. yet, and I I I hadn't read the books before I saw the first film. Yeah. And I saw the first film, and I loved the first film. Yeah. So you know you because it touches on Medusa, I have touched. I've read the first two books since They're then, gone. Uh, but I have. I'm, I'm still hoping. I'm still holding that hope for a third movie. I know. I but. really, really enjoyed those books, and like the uh, Rick Riordan does a really cool one. Um, I forget what it was, what the series was called, but he does like a branch off series with Egyptian mythology, mm-hmm. and it dives into like all that stuff. He does three different. Guy. He also different. does Norse because Magnus yes, is Norse. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah. Oh man. But see, also on the topic of Norse, I don't know if this would qualify or not because it's Nordic, but I don't know if they really touch on the Norse gods, but what about how to train your dragon? I was actually yes. thinking about this a little bit. I mean, it gets, it gets, it gets into Viking culture yeah. and lore. Yeah. Um, and But they don't really touch on the gods. It's more on just like the dragon yeah. aspect of right. it. Right. And everything. But I mean, like I could see how that's kind of, it touches upon it without touching upon it yeah. in a major, major way. Actually, um, none of us mentioned uh, Tolkien yet. <laughs> I was thinking about Lord it. of the Rings. That mm-hmm. actually a lot of so what we perceive like what what our regular you know fantasy standards are like elves, dwarves, and things like that are all from Norse mythology, and Tolkien took it from that. Yeah. If you look like dive back into Norse mythology, that was supposedly the writing and the runes are Germanic runes. Yes. Uh, it's 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 Norse and Germanic runes is what are all over those book covers. Yeah. In the interpretations we see in film, I mean, it's it's very set in there. Yeah. And by the same token, could you take like D and D? By the same token, I didn't mean that one. <laughs> Inadvertent. They'll <laughs> sound a little sad. I know. Take I mean, the yeah. D&D classes and, and races. Pretty much. And kind of, yeah, I would say that's definitely a, a big part of it. A lot of from that. I mean, you can even look at other things, though, too, like things like Ravenloft and stuff like that, where it gets mm-hmm. into vampires and all that sure. tying into, you know, the legend territory and werewolves and things. So, so yeah, I think it's there's a hard, hard connection between what we look at as modern role-playing games all tied to those as well. Um, I have a memorable one that was, I think, was done rather poorly. Uh, no. Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Oh. What did they do? So all of the the stuff that you're you're doing in Assassin's Creed, you know, you're diving into your ancestors' memories, but you're also in the modern day, playing in the modern modern world. You're looking for these things called pieces of Eden, which mm-hmm. are actually meant to control humanity. Uh, that were made by the Isu, which are also known as those who came before, which were also just Roman gods. Minerva, Juno, Mm -hmm. all the Roman gods. Uh, And it was kind of delved into their history that they've always been here. They're not actually aliens, even though that was kind of hinted at in one of the the first couple of games. Um, But they they created humanity as a subservient race and made all this technology that was all then lost. And it was 
it's really like weird. the modern day story really was cool, kind of yeah. weird and disjointed and, and kind of fell apart a little bit. Assassin's Creed games were fun to play yes. as murder simulator run around sketchy games. Yes. And I'm like, hey, look, Mark Twain has given me a mission. I, this I, is kind of fun. <laughs> I, really, I really enjoyed the story for the longest time. And then after at a certain point, like, like Black Flag, it was just like, no, you're just going to be a pirate and have fun. See, but that's why I liked Black Flag. I liked Black Flag <laughs> more for that than the Assassin's that's Creed. Exactly and what John we're Constantine saying. plays Edward Kenway, let's be honest. So, <laughs> yeah, it's that much better. So. Well, I feel like um, a lot, like if you're talking about, you know, stuff that missed the mark, I feel like there really are not a lot of, I can't think of very many good, like, iterations for Camelot and King Arthur. No, there's <laughs> like, there's a lot of bad movies. No, because even more recently, some of, of the the oh my ones God, that they've that one done was such a flub. Yeah, the guy Richie one. one. I didn't I even was, bother. I, I, I the moment so I saw the trailer, excited. I was like, uh, no. This I was is excited. Suck. You know what? I, I was hopeful. And then we like started watching the movie, and maybe like 15 minutes in, we looked at each other. And we're like, do you want to? No, watch see, it as more? as no. big of a fan of, of Arthurian lore as yeah. I am, and the past movies, I saw the trailer, and I was like, nope. And nope, then there was that suck. one with like Kira Knightley, I think, which wasn't good either, which sucked too. Yep. And it's so disappointing. The only iteration I've seen recently for Arthurian stuff that was really Army really Darkness. fun, no, was no. Uh, Merlin, <laughs> the TV show. And Merlin's the TV movie show. was also I never really saw good, the movie, so. Neil, but yeah. the TV show was like it was just fun and silly. And it turned into like whenever you got to the beats because it was the it was a prequel. It was before they became whatever. And so, um, you know, as you got to, like, the beats of, like, him starting to rise as the king and things like that, it was so exciting to watch because you're like, oh, I know this part. Okay, cool. There there has been a recent iteration of Arthurian lore that was not bad. What's that? That was the episode of Legends of Tomorrow. That with, was cute. With Ray. Now, granted, that was only 42 minutes. Yeah. And it was an episode where a bunch of people from the future went into the past. A past that technically does not exist. But still. <laughs> but they even bring it up at least. They do. And it was a fun episode. But I mean, you're right. There really hasn't been any good interpretations of that. Like, even First Night, which I liked, uh, it was it was yeah. just okay. Yeah, they're it, just not stellar. It's kind of like, oh, wow. Sword in okay. the Stone is still it's one really of the best ones. And I know, I, Bill, I know Bill doesn't like it, but Excalibur. Excalibur. <laughs> but Excalibur, is, I really like it Excalibur is one of those movies that, unless you are into older movies and really into Arthurian lore, you're not going to enjoy it. I'm not well, into I liked it. So. Here's the thing. With Excalibur, you need to know the story going into yes. it because they try oh, to tell absolutely. the whole entire thing and it's like you cut from one scene to the next and it's like where did 15 years go what the fuck (laughs) there was another Arthurian TV show around the same time Merlin came out and it did not do as well (laughs) they had um I remember starting to watch it, and the guy they had playing Arthur was We watched it on Hulu, didn't we? Yeah, and the guy playing Arthur was such a whiny twat that I'm like, I can't. I can't <laughs> yeah. watch um, what's her name? But Morgana, Lee. the girl who played Morgana yeah. was Ava Green, and she was yes. fucking smoking. Like, she is awesome. It's right around the time she but, was also shooting Penny Dreadful. She was doing yes, that show. Yes, because she's okay. amazing in Penny Dreadful. But, and like, and Ava Green was is like, yeah. she was an amazing Morgana, although I really loved Katie McGrath. Katie McGrath. So, so Eve, you've seen Supergirl, mm-hmm. you know. Lena Luthor. Lena you know, Luthor. She's phenomenal. She, she plays, like, but, like, as Morgana, she played a villain so well. Now, there, there is a, there is a movie that kind of takes place 
during Arthurian times, but isn't necessarily about Arthurian times, and that's Dragonheart. Yeah. Yes. Dragonheart oh, was amazing. Yeah, Dragonheart's the best. Dragonheart is a fantastic movie. movie. And again, Sean Connery. Yeah. Oh my god, he was amazing. As Draco. So here's the one King Arthur movie we haven't mentioned, which a king, is a king and King Arthur. No, probably the best one they've made, and I haven't seen it. Camelot. 1967. But I also believe Camelot is a musical. It, yes. 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 Yeah. Oh, yes. I've never seen Camelot it. Camelot is a musical. Uh-huh. Oh, we've forgotten Spamalot. Spamalot. Well, but we also mentioned... We did King, mention We, all, we mentioned Knights of, the, uh, Knights of the Round Table. Um, <laughs> Monty Python and the Holy Grail, which is what Spamalot is based off of. It's true. But Spamalot... Although they are making a movie phenomenal. about Spamalot, akin to how they made a movie off the producers. So uh-huh. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Spamalot's so good. Because um, I, oh god, who they who they just recently announced like casting rumors, and I can't remember. Oh god, because I posted it too. I think it, I think Cumberbatch was one of them. That, would be awesome. that was. <laughs> I'm gonna look this up, but Bill is sold. I am sold. Oh, yeah. anything Benedict Cumberbatch does is gold. Um, I will say one that we haven't actually brought up yet. It's a very classic movie, and there's actually a couple of them that are all around the same time, but it's The Seventh Voyage of Sinbad, Jason and the Argonauts, mm-hmm. and of course, Flash and the Titans. Mm-hmm. Um, you not that one. Yes, I mean, and... It, not the Sam Worthington versions. No, no, <laughs> no. Uh, I would say when we get to the best and worst, I would say the original Clash of the Titans would be on the best, and then the remake would be on the worst list. Um, but, I, mean, I feel like we're already talking about that. Yeah, I mean, but I would say totally. most definitely the original Clash of the Titans, though, for me, that was like the first time I saw, like, you know, stop-motion animation in a movie mm-hmm. where it was oh. kind of like skeletons fighting... You know, normal people with like yep. green screening and stuff like that. That was and the same thing Jason and the Argonauts. Yeah, that was yeah. Jason and the Argonauts. That was a really infamous scene. But like, I remember as a kid watching the fight with Medusa, which was amazing. Go Many, ahead. I was looking up a list. Has anyone else seen the late '90s Quest for Camelot movie? Yes, oh my watch God, that as a kid. It was it very, Camelot. very loosely based. It, yes, but it had Camelot it had in the title, like, though. So the two-headed dragon. <laughs> Oh, I totally was, it the, was that animated? Yes. yes. Okay, yeah, I remember yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> real quick, real quick, the rumored casting for the Spamalot film of Arthur and Patsy, Benedict Cumberbatch, and Peter Dinklage. <laughs> oh my god, that would be amazing. Fantastic. Yes, it would. Um, speaking of Sinbad, I the um, old cartoon I used to watch, Pirates of Dark Water, was based off of the Sinbad stories, and they did a really good job at, like, kind of representing the vibe of that sort of that thing. Um, one of the ones that we haven't talked about, Kat brought up earlier when we were talking about the setup to this, is Aladdin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was thinking Aladdin, too, mainly because of the genie that and, and the magic carpet. Well, also, just Aladdin as a, you know, a, you know, kind of Part of Arabian Nights. Right, yeah, so, it's that's the best it, it, way to put it. Yeah. Is, that was such a big key key part of that legend and that story. So that's that's very much a big part of it. Yeah. So actually, um, if you want to go like for you know not like uh, My Fair Lady is technically based off of Pygmalion, mm-hmm. which is old mythology. Yep. Uh, oh, brother, where art thou? Is yeah. The uh, that is that the Odyssey? Yeah, I think it's based off the Odyssey. Odyssey. Yeah. Um, so that's that's a huge, huge yeah. one, which is a beautiful retelling of that story. And it's one of those things you don't even think about yeah. when you're watching it. And then when somebody explains it and breaks it down to you bit by bit, you're like, that's brilliant. Yeah. And that's the whole thing. Yeah, kind of kind of the same way that 10 Things I Hate About You is Taming of the Shoot. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was out of the blue. But, 
Uh, anybody else have any other big key ones that jump out at them? Because I know there's tons more we haven't even touched upon. There's yet. a lot of books. I <laughs> yes. I mean, I didn't, you know, funny enough, I haven't read as many Arthurian books, but um, I just recently read a Robin Hood one uh, called Scarlet that was a YA. I've heard of that. It's good. Okay. Um, it's through the uh, POV. It's of his brother. Right? So, no, in this story, Will Scarlet is a girl that's masquerading as a boy. Okay. So it's a retelling. Like, they're just yeah. doing their own spin on it's, it. It's kind of like, I mean, again, it's it's akin to another, I bring up Shakespeare again, but it's akin to um, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, mm-hmm. being a, a the story of Hamlet, but told mm-hmm. from the, the eyes of somebody else. Exactly. So, so I'll so have to check that out. Do. It's good. really good. It sounds good. And then, um, yeah, they had... Like, there's so many books that I'm sure you... <laughs> I just remembered, <laughs> duh, I edited a comic series that was Robin Hood, Robin with a Y, and she was oh, a girl. Oh, that's and, awesome. Yeah, it was one of um, their main characters, and I thought she was really great. It was nice to Dude, see that it sounds really fun. from a female perspective. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, like we mentioned earlier, too, Musket- uh, The Three Musketeers mm-hmm. is a great yes. classic, you know, yep. legend. Also, if you haven't watched BBC's The Musketeers, it is Gold. In addition to as well, the Robin Hood from BBC was also incredibly great as well. It had Richard Armitage, this guy of Gisborne. Yep, that was where his one of his first big things. (laughs) And I will say, the next iteration of Robin Hood looks pretty damn awesome. (gasps) Oh my god, I know. Taron Egerton. Taron Egerton. I am so excited for that movie. It looks really good. Uh, But going into Musketeers, though, too, I'm sure a lot of us will also think about the Disney live-action Musketeers. Tim Curry. Loved it. Oliver Platt as Porthos the Pirate. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like it's how that was. That's a movie I'll go back and watch. I've just, I've just rewatched it in the past month. <laughs> there's, there's so many great versions of that tale. I, I think, mm-hmm. but that's one of the ones that sticks out to me. Where I'm like, I want to so watch good. a fun, just great. And that one, that's a fun telling of that story. But another great telling of that story from a little bit further down the road is um, the Man in the Iron Mask, which is a continuation of. The uh, the telling of the Three Musketeers. It takes place after the story that the Disney story does. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. We haven't mentioned Don Quixote either. Wasn't that based off of oh. a myth as well? Mm, yes, yes. Yeah. And I'm still so sad about that and salty about that movie. That that movie is still in like purgatory right now? Yep. yep. <laughs> Started showing trailers. Don't do that to us. <laughs> Um, but no, I mean, um, oh my god, there's, we, we haven't even touched upon so much. There's a ton we haven't even touched upon. Think so about- there was a series I read forever ago that, like, kind of mashed up all the different mythology. It was, it was a Y, it was like an early YA one. I read it when I was a kid. I used to get it from the library all the time. I think it was called Everworld. But, like, they, so, like, these kids were from, right, like, our time, and then they got transported, I forget how, to... Pretty much like a realm where all of the myths were real. And so like the first person they encounter is hell. And like, you know, so they like they are introduced to like the Greek pantheon, the Norse pantheon. Like it was all of the pantheons mashed together. It was really good. Um, I think it went on for a while. Hmm. But I love when like stuff like that is integrated in. I think um, Kevin Hearn's uh, Iron Druid Chronicles series? Mm-hmm. Chronicles um, did that too, where like the gods are just an ever present Thor part of, at one point, didn't yeah, they? Yeah. yeah. Like the gods are just an inclus- like included part, and it's like all the different pantheons too mm-hmm. in that series. Dirt Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. 
Oh, yeah? That plays with Norse mythology and the oh, standard mythologies quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Thor is, if memory serves correctly, he gets turned into, is it an end table in that? And he's stuck as an end table for most of a book. <laughs> um, and later comes back. You there, he's the soda machine. I think he gets turned. He actually gets transformed into a soda machine. Um, but it's an it's an incredibly just ridiculous series. Also, if you're not familiar with it, is written by Douglas Adams from Hitchhiker's Guide. Okay. It's there, two books, and that's it. There, there is another big franchise that we haven't really touched base on yet, and that's Harry Potter. I was waiting for someone to mention that. To Harry right. Potter has a lot. I'm going to let you guys bring these points up. Of well, I mean, <laughs> this will just bring my whole discussion about the Phoenix full circle. And that I kind of, I, as much as I love the Phoenix and it was always set in my mind, there wasn't really a good representation of a Phoenix in pop culture again until Harry Potter. Fox, and that yeah. Dumbledore had Fox, his pet mm-hmm. Phoenix. So it, I don't remember what book or movie he was introduced. I think it was four. <laughs> oh, was, was that early on? Uh-huh. All right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I just remember the first time I saw him on screen, I like felt like a kid again because I was seeing a phoenix on screen again. Fox uh, rips out the basilisk's eyes. That's right. Yeah. And that's brings right. Uh, the sword sort of yep. That's right. Play with mm. a lot of mythological elements. Yeah. There's Pegasus, and yeah, there's a there's a ton yeah. of different references, especially legends too. If we're thinking the legends line, I think there's unicorns. There's yeah. There's so much mythology contained within in, it. Yeah. yeah. I think absolutely between their creatures that exist in their world and all. So. You've got giants and basilisks and mm-hmm. unicorns and. Pegasus and werewolves and werewolves. And there's a ton of it in Harry Potter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, and then again, you just bring up the idea of magic again, too, mm-hmm. and those ideas of what we talked about earlier of what if magic really existed and just died out. And we just didn't know it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it does bring up an interesting point about Um. Now, as far as the legend side, I know there's not really a ton of movies that are based on the Loch Ness Monster, sadly enough. <laughs> uh, but oh, I still have one for okay. um, Greek mythology. Um, so, I don't know if anyone's seen Lost Girl, but Lost Girl's Fae, so you wouldn't expect it. But by, like, season four, I was super excited when they started integrating in things from mythology. Like, they brought in Hades, and I was like, what? <laughs> But it was really interesting and well-woven in, because they had brought in Valkyries and Mm. things like that. So I think that kind of opened the floodgates, start working with the gods as more, like, demigodish type of thing. When they brought in Hades, did somebody blow out his hair? (laughs) (laughs) That's such an iconic uh, version. Whoa, with my hair out? I love James Woods, too. Um, He's so good. So one of the other good Akimans, too, because you're bringing that up, and we almost missed it as well, and also in the book realm... Dresden Files. Yeah. yeah. Oh, or yeah, most people at this table. This conversation's for you guys. Uh, <laughs> mostly yeah. when you said most of the we people at this table. Odin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've got Hades. Yeah. You know. But it, it's interesting how they're, how they're represented because Odin is also Chris Kringle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, these characters are central, you know, to mythology, but show that, yeah. I've been around in every mythology. Like, this is who I am, and this is who other people see me as being. Like, yeah. It's, as they put it in the mention, it's it's different masks they have to wear at certain Mm -hmm. points because Mm -hmm. of what their responsibilities are. It's weird that you bring that up, too, because Stephen King does the same thing. His is a lot darker turn, because if you've ever read The Stand, there's Randall Flagg, who's like the main villain of the story. But but Randall Flagg is also the main villain from The Dark Tower. He just goes by a different name. This one character resonates throughout 
probably a good six or seven different books of Stephen King's. He just wears a different mask. Mm-hmm. And there's even tie, There's even rumor that he's tied to Pennywise the Clown in it. Mm-hmm. And it's the same protagonist. It's just... Or antagonist. It's just... He goes by a different name. So is Stephen King trying to create a mythology for himself? In sense, he kind of already has. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even considering that most of the stories he tells happen in the same town. Yeah. He has created in, in so, some ways. So you're also saying universe. that John John Hughes has done the same thing for me. <laughs> he has. Yeah. Because everything happens in that town. It all happens in Sherman, Illinois. And there is no Sherman, Illinois. Exactly. As pointed out by Jay and Silent Bob. Yep. <laughs> the view is skew universe. They've crossed over. There is no Shermer in Illinois. And because of the view is universe, that means the Scream universe is part of that universe as well. That's true. They oh, God, they all tie together. As does the movie Fanboys. And The Flash now, because Jay and Silent Bob That's exist in The Flash. <laughs> That's right. We've just tied six different universes together. Oh, this is a podcast for another episode of Shared Universe. <laughs> yes. Because I'm sure there's a lot we and can do. And ways we can figure out how to tie other ones in that don't already tie in. There will be a graphical representation <laughs> with lots of red string on a, on a cork board. <laughs> it's six degrees of pop culture. Yep. That'd be a cool one, though. That could be, be fun. Oh, yeah. One of my favorites, too, is uh, we were talking about it right before, but it's the Hades-Persephone myth. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a great one. Gets represented in uh, the Court of Thorns and Roses series by Sarah J. Moss. Um, she, in the second book, it's pretty much a retelling, or loosely, loose adaptation. Loose interpretation, yeah, I would yeah, say. Of yeah. uh, the Hades and Persephone myth. Well, real quick, because um, you know we we didn't go into some of the some of the legends that have been established very well, and some of the best that have existed for some of those, like for vampires, werewolves, um, things like you know like mummies, and I think most oh, the mummy is such a good example. Movie-wise, of, of Egyptian um, mythology, too. That's true. The Mummy that's movie very true. is a great one. I will defend that movie. Oh, I love that movie so much. I'll defend the first two movies. The first two. Yeah. I love them. They're so I will good. even possibly include Scorpion King. I liked that one. I'm Scorpion not going to lie. It was not, not the best, not but I loved it. No. No. It's the got, Mummies are so fun. It's got yeah. The Rock. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh. It was his acting debut was The Mummy Returns. <laughs> it was. It was. His first so movie he ever was in. Yep. Those are so good though and they did actually like bring in Egyptian mythology they did I Mm -hmm. loved Egyptian mythology because of those movies when I was a kid yeah Yeah. Um, it's kind of funny like we haven't really touched upon very very little Egyptian mythology in a lot of this discussion we haven't and this has been a thing that I think they're trying to like break in the book world at least is like there hasn't been as much like representation from um, mythologies that aren't just like European sure so I think like they're really trying to branch out now and explore more things than just that I think a lot of times when people think of Egyptian mythology it starts to blend in a lot of people's minds when you think of mythology and such like that well there's very much the mythology side but then people start kind of crossbreeding that with religion I think is people start shifting it into that direction Mm -hmm. and I think that's where it sometimes gets muddled a little bit. I think that happens more with Egyptian mythology than maybe it does with Greek or Roman, which yeah. I think is interesting because it yeah. was all the same sort of because world building stories. Absolutely. But because you're yeah. thinking of, you know, Israel and you well, know, Egypt. There definitely, right. there and, definitely is some crossover between religion and, and Egyptian because um, of location, location, and location. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, because, and, I mean, I know of people who, like at one time I was talking about getting one of the tattoos, I can't even remember what it was now, but it was an Egyptian symbol of sorts. Uh-huh. 
and a girl I was seeing, her mom is extremely religious, was like dead set, like, no, you should not do that. You're not allowed to do that. Because it was huh, because it stemmed from Egyptian uh, and not it wasn't Christian. Uh, so. That's weird. <laughs> but like um well I mean like really though, Greek and Roman mythology was all very religion based too. It's just we're so used to it mm-hmm. and used to the stories that we don't associate it. For them, I mean like, you know, if you grow up hearing stories about a certain thing, you know the religion's not what it is anymore. So yep. you're easy, you can easily dissociate it. I mean, some of the most, I remember even for just interpretations of Egyptian was kind of like, hey, look, they did an episode of this on DuckTales. Hey, look, <laughs> yeah. an episode of the animated series of Where in Time is Carmen Sandiego, you know. Yeah. Well, like, Japanese mythology was really interesting, too. I remember I had a world mythology book when I was a kid. I really liked mythology. Well, yeah, you, you look so at anime, and anime representation for just Japanese mythology is... Sure, but, like, a lot a of the part. gods and stuff like yeah. that, there's, like, again, the same type of, like, world-building and creation stories and things like that that there are in Norse, that there are in, you know, Greco-Roman, that there are in... You get, like, um... Princess Mononoke. Absolutely. Is what oh, comes yeah. to mind. Yeah, that's a really good Forest one. spirit, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's a good, good, uh, good viewpoint on that. Now, um... Why don't we just go through as we kind of move into the next point? Does everybody just give their favorite interpretation of a, of one of these, and then their least favorite? So we'll start with worst or well, worst version of one that you that exists in pop culture. Um, I'll start off. I would say the current the reboot Clash of the Titans. I would say is by far my least favorite that exists. Uh, I would I would go similar to that for least, but. Even Clash had some moments that I liked. However, Wrath of the Titans was so much worse than oh Clash God. of the Titans. So I combine them as one. Okay, well then I agree with you. Uh, anybody else for a worst interpretation? I didn't like either Clash of the Titans. <laughs> Actually, I'll change mine. I'm going to say I'm going to say the Guy Ritchie King Arthur. Oh, that was heinous. Oh. Yeah, now I'm with you there. There's a lot that I've disliked. It's hard to pinpoint like a favorite. Per se, but how about one that you you have great disdain for? Uh, we mentioned those. Yeah. It's Clash of the Titans or the Guy Ritchie King I Arthur. I fell asleep every time we watched, tried to watch any of the Clash <laughs> of the Titans. I think I've only attempted to make you watch the original. Yeah, and I fell asleep both times. It's it's a dope movie. <laughs> <laughs> Jess, I don't know if I have a least favorite. I haven't seen it, but I have a lot of disdain for the reboot of The Mummy that they tried to do. Oh, yeah, no, that was ridiculous. Its lack of Brendan Fraser is atrocious. <laughs> right, right, I know. He made those original movies. No. So I'm having a hard time really thinking of, like, the worst. Yeah. I know I mentioned Assassin's Creed and, and all yeah. the, the Roman guns mm-hmm. they threw into that. That's pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, your absolute favorite, if you can have one mythology... Of something of pop culture or a le- about a legend that you want to take with you permanently. See, it's it's a toss up because again, I go back to the feelings of feeling like a kid again when I saw Fox appear in Harry Potter. So that's at the top of my list too. But I also I really enjoyed the Percy Jackson movies. They were really so good. the Percy Jackson movies would be up there too. So it's really a toss up between those. Okay. Yeah. That's also yeah really hard. Um... I really liked Xena when I was a kid, too. That was a big one. I really liked the Merlin incarnation. 
And then Robin Hood Yeah, I would say for me, it's it's uh, the Three Musketeers from Disney oh, yeah. in the '90s, and then the Mummy with Brendan Fraser. Yes, the mummy. So much love for the Mummy on this it's podcast. It's so good. It's really, I mean, we wouldn't be other place to talk about this. I know. <laughs> It really is. It's like movie. my feel good movie. It's, <laughs> so it's one of those things. That I come in a hotel room and I'm like, oh, the mummy's on. I'm not going anywhere for a while. Oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, watch the movie. <laughs> I'll take two out with this one. Say Robin Hood, the Disney's Robin Hood. Oodalali. Uh-huh. Yeah, Oodalali. Golly, what a day. And then Interview with the Vampire. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Which oh. also, I but mean. But for the movie. The movie. Okay. I I'm a very I'm very bad I'm a very bad reader. I, I, I don't read things very well or often. Mainly often. I can read I can read well. I am literate. I just don't, I just don't like to. Um, but that also kinda leads into to I would think I think it might be an urban legend slash modern mythology of Tom Cruise being immortal. <laughs> no, you're confusing him with Nicolas Cage. Yeah. No. No, Keanu Reeves no. is yeah. the immortal. Well, no, yeah. no well, Keanu well, Reeves well, is well. immortal. Nicolas Cage is just rumored. And Paul Rudd, yeah. Paul, well, Paul Rudd. Rudd just doesn't age. He's not I immortal. I saw one he recently that makes a really good case for Anne Hathaway as well. I could see it. Yeah. <laughs> that was rather unfortunate. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should move on. <laughs> All right, so we talked about our favorites, least favorites, but what about the ones that never got represented? Uh, adaptations that we would like to see. Uh, I want a really, really good King Arthur. One. I yes, yes, I agree with that. Yes. The fuck, guys? Let's get it right. I want a, like, I this want is a, ridiculous. I want a hardcore horror movie of the Loch Ness Monster. <gasps> I want a hardcore horror movie of Sasquatch. Let's just put them all together. I want and the Jersey Devil. believe that Nessie is friendly. <laughs> well, maybe how about this? Maybe what this movie really is is the Monster Squad two, and it's these types of creatures. And Nessie is the one like the Frankenstein creature that comes and helps fight the rest. I would be okay. Oh, no, but see, I, but see, I would, I would put that role under under Bigfoot after watching Harry and the Hendersons. Mm-hmm. There you go. He would be the Frankenstein. So sorry, Nessie's like the mummy in that she's pointless. Oh, no, that's Well, no, that's really like the creature of the black one. He doesn't really do much. Yeah. He's <laughs> just like, shot by Horus. I remember reading books about, like, it was kid. just, it was a, it was some kid's book with, like, Nessie in it, and it really freaked me out. But it wasn't supposed to be a her, but I the idea Nessie is nice. Kraken is scary. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good, uh, old monster. Mm-hmm. Like the Kraken, the Chimera, things like that. Yeah. Um... So obviously we have King Arthur, we have the Loch Ness monster, Bigfoot, but you got a good Bigfoot movie again. You mentioned Harry and the Hendersons. Harry Hendersons. How can yeah. you say that's a bad movie? You can't. You, you can't. And anybody who does, I will unfriend them in real life. <laughs> um, all my brain can think of when I think Harry and the Hendersons now is anybody here was a big fan of Thirty Rock. Yes. There was a great episode where uh, Jude Freelander uh, gets all done up like as the businessman under uh, Jack Donaghy's watch. And they actually have John Lithgow getting stuck and lost in the building through the entire oh, episode. But so much is so that they repeat lines from Harry and the Hendersons verbatim throughout that entire episode, which is wonderful. <laughs> so, um, Any other adaptations or things people would love to see redone in a different way? I'll, I'll have to say second and third, King Arthur, King Arthur. And, yeah. and the whole like Pendragon story. Now, what would you do? 
I, I mean, like everybody's saying, to be, I want to see it like would have to be like it would have well. to be a, an HBO series, like because yeah. then they could get gritty, they could yeah. get dark, sure. yeah. Um, you know, everything that you have to deal with Uther and Arthur and Excalibur and Lancelot and Guinevere and all that stuff. What about a good Beowulf? That would be awesome because well, the one I mean, that they put out, like the well, movie the Christopher Lambert one, I didn't think was too bad. It wasn't great, but it had its moments. They did. <laughs> Apparently, people disagree so, with me. So they did it. very weird things. Like, why did they like CGI overlay the entire? Yeah, that's, 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 what, yeah. that's where it really lost me. I'm like, mm. so I couldn't really pay attention to the movie because I was just so weirded out by the CGI overlay. <laughs> it had good bits. It's about <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, but a, like an actual one of them would be really He's nice. Available, yeah. Yeah. Um, I would love to see more of like the individual like. Greek and Roman myths, because I mean, like, you know, the story of, like, Cupid and Psyche is so creepy and awesome, and I would love to see, like, I mean, I'm working on that right now, because, hey, if you want to see it, do it, but, um, like, Daphne and Apollo is a really, Orpheus like, and Eurydice. Oh, my God. That would be that's a really such, good one. They're such good, timeless mm-hmm. stories that you could do retellings of them yeah. really, really well, you know? In Troy. We Troy was Troy. actually Troy. really Troy was surprisingly bad. good. Yeah. Yes. Orlando Bloom. Now, wasn't it Brad Pitt? Brad Pitt. And, 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 and Orlando yeah. Bloom. Because was uh, wasn't Brad Pitt Achilles? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, what's his name? Who was it? Shit. Orlando Bloom played who? He played um, uh, Paris. The, yes. Yes. Yeah. He was Paris. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I just thought about this. I think there's a, a element of mythology we've completely missed. Like what? And for some reason, one movie popped into my head, and it made me think about this. It's not Back to the Future. Bro. It's not Back to the Future. <laughs> it's not Back to the Future. However, it is an '80s film. Okay. There's also Japanese mythology. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a movie from the '80s that touches on it a little bit is Big Trouble in Little China. In How's that, up? the three elementals mm-hmm, that's true. are Japanese gods. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Yes. So I've never seen the movie. The Golden so. Child. I had no idea where you were. The Golden Child. <laughs> the Golden Yeah, the Golden Child is well, Jap- Golden Mitch Child Chinese. was more was um um uh like Mandarin. Yeah. That that rather than Japanese. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. um but yeah, I mean Big Trouble in Little China touches even though it's a comedy, it it touches on Japanese mythology a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Has anyone else read The Wicked and the Divine? No. no the comic series. So it is, it takes place in modern day. It's still ongoing. It's um, Gillen and McKelvey, who did Young Avengers and a bunch of other oh, cool. cool stuff. It is the pantheon, but from all different mythologies. And the shtick is that these gods kind of inhabit the body of a person every like 90 years. And these people are only alive for two years and then they die. Oh, that's cool. And it's, it's really great because they delve into all different mythologies. You have your Shinto, you have Greek, yeah. you have... It's really that great. Highly, awesome. highly recommend it. You have never heard of that. That sounds amazing. It takes amazing. place in like modern London. Very good. Hmm. That's really cool. Yeah. I know. That sounds like an awesome concept. <laughs> um, any other adaptations or things people want to see before we jump into the next piece? Because that's where we're going to have to... Everyone's going to have to put their thinking caps on a little bit. So. If, it's the, if it's the next one that we're... Uh, that, where you're jumping into the next topic doesn't take a lot for me because I'm already actually working on one. Okay. <laughs> All right. So let's dive into it because this can get a little bit more involved for folks. So, um, so 
if you've listened to our show in the past, we've done this many, many times where we've pitched an idea uh, at this table and have come up with some really interesting, fun, stupid things. Like if we were to captain a pirate ship, you know, who would our crew be or, mm-hmm. you know, creating superheroes or supervillains. Um, so I figured because we're talking about mythology, you know, to pitch a movie or a television show revolving around a classic myth or legend. And then the criteria here for everybody is who's your heroes? Who's your villains? What kind of genre of a general idea of what your plot is. So is anybody ready to go? I can go. Ben. Uh, this is one that's been in my head for a little while already, but it's actually about... Now, it's... Again, it's still very early, very early on idea, and it's kind of a little bit of a rip-off Power Rangers, which I mentioned earlier. <laughs> um, but it is about... It, it's, it's in a world where mythological creatures at one time did exist. So, like, the phoenix existed, the pegasus, like, all these different creatures from different types of mythology, not just one, uh, existed. And in some way or form, humans actually share DNA with some of these creatures or could share DNA. Not everybody does, but there are certain people that do. And these are the the people that are special in that they also inherit uh, in their human form some of the abilities of the creature. So, and there's actually a team of people that come together who all have these abilities. Like somebody who shares a, a, a traits with a Pegasus can fly. Mm-hmm. Somebody who shares traits with a Phoenix. Am I biting off an idea of yours? Is that what? Oh. You got something close. Yeah. Not what, what, yeah, what, what are your books that touches close to that's that's out there right now? But like the the, <laughs> the the person who shares the traits of the Phoenix that it, he can he can die, but. If you cremate his body, he's reborn. Like, he can, you can bring him back. Mm-hmm. You know, it's different. And I'm still looking and researching other mythological creatures I want to use. Yeah. Um, like cool. Centaur and Pegasus and stuff like that. But that's the basic. So your Phoenix would be your hero? The Phoenix would be, like, the leader of the team. Well, who would your villain be in that story? Um, I don't know. And that's something I'm trying could it to... be Hydra? Yeah, it could be, like, a Hydra or a Severus. <laughs> or... Severus could work. Or a Severus could work. Yeah. Not a Hydra. Hydra's been done. Severus, <laughs> if you're doing Norse as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. But I but I also figure, like, the, the, the villains of it wouldn't be, uh, like, they wouldn't be people who have it. They would be kind of like an organization that forces it on people. So, like, they're, the people that are under their, under their team are people that they kind of hybrid. They mutate people to give them the abilities they're not they don't fully shift they just have characteristics no no these the the people just have characteristics they don't they don't shift into like a phoenix or something cool so neat jess not ready yet no not ready yet (laughs) i'll just use the one that i'm doing actually (laughs) okay sure uh so i'm actually pitching it to publishers now but um the first book in the greek myths contemporary romance series is uh taking root and it's based off of the Daphne Apollo myth but not you know it has a happy ending (laughs) not the way the myth ends where you know it's just all set like a lot of Greek mythology it all just ends up really depressing but romance has the rule of happy ever after so Mm -hmm. thankfully I'm able to like tweak that um but Daphne are you guys familiar with the myth Refresh my yeah. memory, okay. please. <laughs> so Apollo's being boastful around Cupid, pisses Cupid off. Cupid fires an arrow of love into him. He sees, um, Apollo sees the nymph Daphne, 
And then Cupid fires a lead arrow into her, so she hates Apollo. So Apollo chases her all across the earth until she finally goes to, I think, Bacchus and begs to be saved, you know, because she doesn't want to be, you know, she hates Apollo. And um, they, she gets turned into a tree. And then the laurel, she gets turned into the laurel tree, which is what's used for what was used for the, Olymp- you know, the Olympics and stuff, mm-hmm. the wreath. Um, that was Apollo's decree. So... I'm obviously not doing such a uh, kind of creepy pursuit thing in the romance, <laughs> but there's the element of pursuit, and instead I'm going with um, the heroine is on the run because uh, she's in Witsack, and so she's constantly on the run, um, and because she, she knew the hero from younger years, whatever. The hero, I, ga- I decided to make him a doctor because of Apollo. Because that's actually, Apollo was the god of medicine. And then, so I just, I like, wove a lot of elements in and took a lot of liberties with the, uh, especially the ending of the story. That sounds really <laughs> She's great. She's not turned into a tree. And you're playing on this as a whole series of... <laughs> yeah, the second book is going to be, uh, it's actually all the same family, but the second book is going to be the Hades-Persephone myth. And, and see, so yours, yeah, yours is pitched as a book. Mine would have been pitched as a TV series. Yeah, or that makes sense. Would be, would be yeah. pitched. Because you're actively writing it, uh, we'll say this here. Copyright Catherine and Catherine. <laughs> Catherine. <laughs> Same with me. Same with me. Yeah. So. Oh, yours isn't Catherine. Mine's not copyright Catherine. <laughs> Mine's copyright. Nope, too late. It's Catherine. <laughs> uh, so I already had mine kind of. When I came up with this, I kind of jumped in, especially as we were talking about things, because I think we all here have so many different types of mythology we like, so I love that idea of blending them all together. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I would do is a horror film. But it is all of the gods that control the underworld across all the different mythologies working together to destroy everything above and Mm -hmm. kind of bring the underworld of all of their mythologies created as one and overtake everything on Earth. That sounds fun. So would you incorporate the Titans as well? Probably, yeah. Okay. Like, it would probably be, yeah, I would, awesome. they would probably be, like, their engines, engines of war to okay. kind of bring things down and decimate nice. things. But, you know, having, like, Anubis working with Hades and all these pieces. That'd be kind of cool, actually. That would be really, uh, be really, really uh, You know, bringing all those pieces together and having, like, Hell there as, a, like, a general in the war with, like, you know, riding with one, like, Fenrir or something like that. And things like this that you could just add so much to. Yeah. And... I would have the gods not being able to work together from the other pantheons and kind of saying that this is not true, nothing like this is happening, and have all of the rest of the gods wiped out in the first 15-20 minutes, and there's just two or three demigods from each pantheon left. Hercules. Mm, And basically, yeah, the versions that are existing upon the modern world, maybe it's like, it's not Hercules, but an ancestor of Hercules, or Percy Jackson. <laughs> so essentially, it's kind of like that, but basically, yeah. it's the idea of it's all these together. But it's it's. I wasn't saying that right. Like, no. That's the, there's already something like that. Right, right. I was just naming ones that you could use. Yeah, but I mean, it's essentially having these characters that are watered down demigods. That there's not much left of the the god blood. In they kind of have to stand up now, to and that's they're the only ones that are left that can kind of fill these. Seats like have to accept their, their birth. But making too. but making this a just straight up horror film, like it's just you know just kind of playing with that idea and seeing what you can do with it. So would you kill some of the demigods in the fight? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And basically, you know, if you, this was a movie or a series or something like that, uh, you know, I would leave it as whoever is remaining becomes the new. You know, God, basically. It's the that new new Zeus or 
you know, all these different pieces of this. So I just kind of like that idea of having all those things, all, all of the kind of the villains converging together and taking yeah. things over. Even though they're not traditional villains, it's when we think about it in mythology, they're kind of just gatekeepers, but kind of getting pushed to that angle. So I think I got one. Nope. Uh, it would be it would be just a very popcorn movie like summer blockbuster. You see it once and you're pretty much done. <laughs> um, but imagine the world of like Tron, where I'm the, sold. The, digital, <laughs> the digital world exists and people can digitize themselves to go into that world. Like it's a technology that's been created mm-hmm. and it's available to everybody. So if you actually want to go into the internet, you can physically go into the internet. Mold it, meld it with uh, Dracula and the Van Helsing story. Mm. And vampires have realized that, well, the world is a scary place now because humans are everywhere, but they can still hide out pretty easily and aren't affected by sunlight if they digitize themselves. So oh. vampires try to take over the digital world. And, the, you know, our Van Helsing hero has to go in and <laughs> defeat the vampires in, inside the internet, yes. Sounds like Dracula twenty one forty seven. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sure. There we go. Dracula twenty one forty seven. Copyright Bill Schneider. There you go. <laughs> and if it's anything like Ready Player One in the Oasis, just don't hit the red button. Oh, hey, look, crisis averted. <laughs> so, Jess. I think if I had to choose something to do, I would want to write a book on a modern retelling of Orpheus and Eurydice. I'm still trying to figure out exactly how that would work. I think you could probably throw in some, like, sci-fi, science-y elements to it to kind of get, like, into the underworld kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I'm going to think about that. Maybe make it a real thing, because I I think it would be something really cool. Katie's and Persephone would definitely be, like, one, two that I would love to do. But I don't think there's enough Orpheus and Eurydice. I know, that story is so good. What's that story? I don't remember it very clearly. Orpheus and Eurydice are in love. Eurydice dies, goes to the underworld. Orpheus talks to, who does he talk to? One of the goddesses, I think. Mm -hmm. And she says, okay, you can go get her. Um, you have to walk in there into the underworld and you can take her back out. But the deal is you can't look back the entire time. I do remember this story. You cannot look back. It's a creepy story. The entire time that you're coming back to the mortal realm. And spoilers, Orpheus fails miserably Uh in his goal. And And he he gets gets down there. He is is separated from his love forever. Yeah. Tragic. Yeah, because Orpheus was um, the musician. He's mm-hmm. the one who played mm-hmm. the such yep. beautiful music. That's mm-hmm. why they, they were willing to kind of bend the rules for him. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it Athena? That was. It may have been. been. I, I think it was Athena on that. that part. Because I, I think either. it was that was the stipulation because Athena was in love with him too. I think it was maybe part of it. I don't know. Can't remember. I don't remember that. <laughs> if it's, I don't remember, it's been so long since we haven't gotten any good retellings of Arthurian lore. What if? Somebody did like a modern retelling of Arthur. I have a really good retelling that I'm still trying to pitch to a publisher, but hey. Yeah. Like, really you can bring it up and just like Arthurian, like Arthurian in modern times. It's not modern times. Part of Arthurian legend for me is the setting, though. Yeah. Oh, me too. I do love the setting. So, like, I don't know. It would have to be really well done. This is Arthurian lore. I think you could do it. 
post-apocalypse. Mine is not modern so day. No mine power. is uh, space opera. <gasps> I love space it's, opera retellings. It's it's pretty much yes. Firefly meets Arthurian, an LGBT Arthurian. Uh, love it. Retelling. I'm there. Do you know now that I just said that a post-apocalyptic Arthurian story? <laughs> I think you can do it. Might be kind of cool. Yeah, do it <laughs> because you've kind of gone. You've kind of reverted a little bit back to what things were before there was technology and yeah and stuff. So that could work. I, know. I really, I it. really do hope though the Arthurian book gets picked up. It is one of it's my favorite fun. things Cat's ever written. <laughs> the ship is Excalibur. Yeah, oh, nice. That's it's awesome. really fun. <laughs> so it's just kind of like yay! It's oh. so much fun. Does the, does the the wielder is the only person who could pull it out of a space dock? <laughs> <laughs> Um, Alright, so that actually wraps up our main major part of the episode. Oh, actually, no, there is one last final one, I almost forgot. Uh, If we were transported to a realm where one of us, uh, where one of the myths was real, and you had to become, you became part of the legend, what would your role be? So does anybody know offhand what legend they would want to insert themselves into? And we got a lot of hands on that. I feel like a lot of us are going to be the same story. Uh, We'll start with Kat. Go ahead. Robin Hood. I want to be a merry man. Yes. That one. Or a merry woman or whatever I am. (laughs) Okay. No, I would be one of the knights of the round table. (laughs) You're knocking one off. Yep. And uh, No, I, I will train with the knights until a spot opens up. <laughs> it's like there's them. a robbery there. Don't worry, we're all coming. Hey guys, you want to go out and drink? Slytherin, Slytherin. Let's go get some meat. Nice. He'll take yeah. care of it. Yeah. Jess, definitely Robin Hood, a chaotic neutral band of rogues. I think that sounds like a ton. Although of fun. being a merry man would be kind yeah. of cool so much fun. It would be. I thought it was going to be original with Robin Hood. <laughs> <laughs> and I got, but 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 see, I wouldn't be you know like any one of the merry men. I'd be Friar Tuck. There's wine, there's Everybody drinks! <laughs> <laughs> Come on, we'll get fish nigging on everybody. Um, three Musketeers. I'd, nice. I'd love a musketeer. I'd that be a Musketeer that's, that's that swashbuckling classic fencing sword fighting. Because you get to wear that awesome The armor. clothing and yeah. just... It's just that... It's That's that romanticized mm-hmm. time frame, but like, it, it's Absolutely. that... You know, the beautiful, like, style of sword fighting and all. It's just, there's something about it that's just, that just I just always fell in love with. Come, D'Artagnan, we're saving the king. <laughs> now I want to watch that movie. I, that might be what I watch <laughs> tonight. A, I think that is going to be what I watch tonight. <laughs> all right. So, that wraps it up for the main part of the episode. So, let's close out the show the way we close, close out everything. One second. Yeah. We did forget one major piece of fandom, and I'm just going to mention it. We don't have to dig into it. Back to the future still No, count. no. <laughs> Game of Thrones. That's a single series. But but there's elements with dragons and such. There's there's elements to it. Yeah, some. Yeah, I could definitely see some of it. If we if we consider Lord of the Rings, then yeah, sure. I think Game well, of Thrones Lord of the Rings though well. draws directly like that was From the first North iteration mythology. to use. Well, even farther back than that, he yeah. translated Beowulf. Yeah, exactly. I mean, now it's like okay. a thing. Yeah, that was all. I just wanted to say Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yep. Um, Alright, so we'll end with our traditional MFK. So we figured the best way to do this is some of the major heroes in, um, you know, classic modern, like you know, myth one. and legend. <laughs> and that'll be King Arthur, Robin Hood, and Hercules. I don't like this one. Oh, you don't like it? No. Actually, no, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> so do we need to, do we need to decipher which 
Robin Hood, King Arthur, and Hercules? No, not really. You can just... No? No. Because there's everyone's going to have a different version in their head of who they would... I can make it really easy for everybody. No. <laughs> oh, I, I can set this up to make it easy for people that... Carrie Elwes, Robin Hood. Hood. <laughs> uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson's Hercules. And King Arthur would be Tim Curry from Spamala. Oh, nice. oh, all right. Yeah, that was, changes my I was, answer. I was going to say Connery, but all right. No, that would totally. That See, would now I made it a lot more fun for people. <laughs> well, it doesn't. No, change, mine's, mine's still the same. Okay. It doesn't change one of mine. No, right. I think I know. I think yeah. I know. Let's start okay. you off. Start off. Um, I would kill Hercules. Um, he was really shitty in the myth, anyway. Um, he did some, I mean, he wasn't terrible, but he did some shitty things. And then, um, I would bang King Arthur, because, I mean, like, his court has a lot of drama and intrigue that I really don't want to be a part of. Um, like, I'd rather, you know, read about that shit than be a part of it. But, especially if it's the Tim Curry version, I will totally fuck that. And (laughs) then I will marry Robin Hood, because I will just be a bandit in the woods, which sounds perfect. Okay. Um, I, I too, would kill Hercules. Uh, only because if he's as good as he says he is, that means he's going to come back to life as a god. So I'm fine with it. Um, I, see, I'm reverse on the other two, though. I think I would marry Arthur uh, because he's got a hell of a place to live. That's indoors. He's a king. I, he's a king. Exactly. It's good to be the king. I like living like a ragamuffin. Um, and I would and I would bang Arthur. I would bang Robin Hood because did you see the size of his sword? <laughs> yes. Yeah, you took my answer. I want to live in a motherfucking castle. Let's be real. Come on now. Like I'll, I'll be his queen. The end. <laughs> Perfect. So you're, you're killing Hercules. I'm killing Hercules, bye bye. Robin Hood was great as like a one night stand. Been there, done that. I'm going home to Arthur at the end of the day. I'm gonna kill Hercules. Poor Hercules. I know. Poor Dwayne, Dwayne Johnson. Johnson. <laughs> I'm gonna. His last name's Johnson too. Yeah. Jesus. No one's taking advantage of that one at all. I'm gonna change up your stipulations though. I'm gonna say you, you fuck Robin Hood as the fox because why not experience why not experience furry every once in a while? Uh, and then and then I'm gonna marry King Arthur, but Graham Chapman's King Arthur from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Because, well, he's still a king. And, yeah. and he survived at the end. <laughs> he got arrested. Yeah, he did get arrested. <laughs> hey, whatever. You bail him out of jail. It's okay. Well, yeah. Or you just get married beforehand, and you'll be eight, out in eight to ten. So it's like, let's see, see each other then. Um, sorry, The Rock. <laughs> he doesn't go by The Rock anymore. I know. It's still Dwayne Johnson. Johnson. It's okay. Nobody wants Hercules. Although I call him... I call him uh, Rock the Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> no one's rocking the Dwayne Johnson in this. So. Not in this. Or no, no one's rocking Dwayne's Johnson yeah. in this. So. That was your own plug. Yeah. Dwayne Rock the Johnson. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm, I'm rock sorry. Rock the Johnson Dwayne. <laughs> Punctuation is important. <laughs> So, Hercules, unfortunately, is getting killed um, all around the table in this one. So, um, I mean, that's a really hard call, because I would still go between the Tim Curry and Carrie Owies. So, I, 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 I think, in all honesty, you know what? Um, I, I gotta, I, I just fuck Carrie Owies. 
I'm not I, shocked. I think that's... You wouldn't do well in the woods. I would do I great in the woods. I have a sun I... allergy. I'm, it, it doesn't work well for me. I would be... I could live out in the wild forever. I'd we we can call the locksmith every once in a while. <laughs> you know? It's a vacation day for me. Quote, unquote. You know? Um, but, you know... After a while, it, it, yeah, it's, it's, you would it's do gonna, better in a castle. I would. We understand. I, I would. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it, it, and it's Tim Curry. I, I, I'm fine with that. There's nothing. You know, I will. I will happily take out Excalibur up the ass. It's fine. That's, I, that's hope Rob's wearing, I hope Rob's wearing his iron underwear. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, I think that's that's. I think so many of us had so, so many of the similar responses, with the exception of Bill. Who took it to weird places? Yes. But it's okay. It's okay. I was different. It was I'm gonna live in the woods. I know you're gonna Robin live in the woods. <laughs> but you still would get Loxley Manor in the end of it all. That's true. I would still live in the woods. <laughs> and Loxley Manor's on wheels, so you can take it wherever you wanted to go. It's on a boat, so you're yeah. <laughs> the original rednecks, you know. Let's go, boys. <laughs> Um, alright, so why don't we just kick around the room if people want to talk about what they're currently working on if nothing special, you can just say nothing special and we can just move on and we'll get out of here, so Kat? Uh, currently doing edits for my shifter series it's coming out later in the year um, books one and two well no, books one will, book one will be available this year, this year, next year and book two will be available next year and then I'm currently name of series? Oh, name, name of, of publisher? Name of series is Tribal Spirit Series, and it's coming out with Totally Bound Publishing. First book called? Forged Alliances. Second book called? Forged Decisions. What else has been contracted recently? A lot. <laughs> so. All of my wayward books have homes. Yes. Philadelphia Government Chronicles are coming back. And they then are, got yeah, other with Sony Publishing. And then the Cupid's Cafe series is coming back next year with Inkspell Publishing. And you cool. have your favorite Rockstar Romance series. That's Oh, yeah. Discord's Desire just came out last month. Rob knows more about your career than you do. I know. <laughs> I just, it's too many to keep track of. My this all happened like, in like a month and a half of each other. June, yeah. Oh, no, it was just June. It was just June, yeah, because May, my one publisher, closed, and five of my books were released into the wild, and aka they were no longer available, <laughs> so that sucked. But then they got all rehomed. So and last but not least, your final airship book comes out in August. Yes, next month. So, Yay. nice. Mm-hmm. Ben, uh, do you want me to talk about your career too? Sure, absolutely. <laughs> no, uh, I of course have to pitch the podcast network, uh, Next Level Podcast Network, in which this podcast is a part of, uh, nextlevelradioonline.com. I have three other podcasts on there uh, myself, the Showcast Spotlight, which is our celebrity conversation podcast. I call them conversations, not interviews, because that's more of what they are anyway, uh, in which we have a couple coming up this week that we're working on right now, including David Kegner, uh, Kegner. Uh, Jeremy Piven and one or two potential hosts, for, uh, judges from America's Got Talent, which would be kind of cool. Uh, we have the Lost podcast. We have to go back, which just started and is on episode four, uh, which is already picking up a nice audience. And then, of course, the podcast that you and I do, Rob, which is DC Primetime, which we just started jumping into our summer annuals. So. And this coming week is our San Diego Comic Con special. Yes, it so. is. And then we go right back to the annuals and we start mm-hmm. talking about for like the next 
four weeks we talked about After that. that. Yep. Uh, but outside of that, the other thing I've got going on right now is I am in early developments of planning my own convention, yeah. which uh, there is a lot of cool stuff in the works and I'm partnering with a lot of great people on it. So it's looking very hopeful that sometime in 2019, this is going to happen. So. What's the name of it? Phenomicon. Good job. Phenomicon. Other people have done that too. It's impossible not to. Oh, it's going to happen at the convention. Trust me. Yes. Um, not too much, but I'm a really great editor. Please hire me. Yeah, she's phenomenal. Hire her. How can people get a hold of you? I have a website. What's the website? My website is com. Yay! Spell the last name. R O S S A N A. Yeah. Woo! Thanks. Cool. <laughs> I still don't really have anything, but I think if I keep putting it out there, it's going to happen eventually. I really want to start streaming games online and uh, letting people watch my failures. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I just got a program to do it myself. I'm going to start I, doing it too. See, see, the thing is with me, I need to build an entirely new rig as well because my current computer rig is terrible and will not support it and people will, oh. people will tune in and be like what is this potato quality video <laughs> I, I, actually, I actually my setup is my my computer i can do pc gaming or i can actually stream my consoles to my pc as well so either way everything goes to my pc yeah. but I'll, I'll hook you up with the i'll let you know the program Sweet. i use too because it's a good program maybe it'll happen Yay. in like the next five years <laughs> yeah <laughs> and if nothing else you're you're it, it, curious into furries because it's impossible. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I am. Please don't tell you my can... wife. Because <laughs> why not once? <laughs> sorry, sir. It was a scare. I know. <laughs> uh, as for me, as Ben mentioned before, you can find me at the Next Level Podcast Network at www.nextlevelradioonline.com through the DC Primetime Podcast. It's weird always rattling that off and not saying this show instead. Uh, but in addition, we always say a special thanks to our good friend uh, Chris, a.k.a. DJ Cutman and Game Chop Records for the music that we play at the start of the show. You can check out their albums on their website at either djcutman.com or GameChop, uh, GameChopRecords.com. But until then, we'll see you all next month with another episode. Bye. Yeah, bye. bye.